Hi, folks. Every month is Pride Month here on the QQ, but this month in particular, we want to highlight an organization each week that's committed to making a difference in the LGBTQIA plus community. We'll both be donating to these organizations, and we encourage you to donate and or share if you're able. Today, we wanted to highlight transyouthequality.org. They are a national nonprofit foundation that advocates for transgender, gender nonconforming, and intersex youth between the ages of 2 and 18. They aim to provide education, advocacy, and support for transgender children, youth, and their families, including sharing information about the community, partnering with families, educators, and service providers, uh, and just overall fostering a healthy, caring, and safe environment for all transgender children. They have a lot of volunteer and donation options on their website, which is transyouthequality.org. We will link it for you and we highly recommend checking them out. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Queer Quadrant, a podcast where we, two bisexual filmmakers, examine cinema in all its cultural contexts and explore why your favorite four-quadrant blockbuster is maybe not as straight as you think it is. The Queer Quadrant is the best podcast ever! Join the army! You are going to leave it five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. (laughs) That was a pretty good uh, impression. Mr. Movie Phone. Mr. Movie Phone. I dug it. You mean the subliminal messaging in this movie? What if I do the whole episode talking like this? I don't think that's going to convince anyone to leave five stars or subscribe. Everyone in this room wants to kill me. (laughs) No, use the subliminal messaging to your advantage. Okay. Um, was I good though? You like yeah, that? it was great. I was very I was, good. I was really nervous because there was a lot of different ones. I was going to be like, du jour means our podcast. Du jour means we fucked <laughs> up as a culture. Du jour means friendship. Du jour, oh, du jour means podcast co-hosts. It does. Yes. Du jour it does. means podcasting. Yes. Does it? Yes. 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 Co-writers too, just FYI, mm-hmm. yes. for what that's worth. Du jour yes. could, mean, could mean anything, but I like I like co-writers and co-podcasters. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's really cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, if you haven't Well, the guessed, Queer Quadrant is back for a new episode. <laughs> oh my God. If you haven't guessed, today we're talking about uh, one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. Um, the, to Jordan's point, we severely fucked up as a culture by not giving its flowers, but that's what we're here to do today, to change today. it. Um, <sighs> hi, I'm Brooke Solomon. Jordan Gustafson. Today we are talking about 2001's Josie and the Pussycats, and we are joined, returning to the pod, Phil Isco, host of podcast like it's 1992, and podcast like it's double features um a gentleman a scholar mm. jesus <laughs> it's an honor to have you I here i appreciate that that's a, a hell of an intro is this my first episode alone with you yes. guys? i was gonna ask that's, if it was and it is yeah that's exciting so this I'm is your first back since yep. um moulin rouge yes yes i mean wow one of the greatest films that's ever been made mm-hmm. yeah i would mm, good second question. only good question i was gonna say cats? which do you rank higher out of these two movies <sighs> that's a really good question i, I mean Kind of an unfair question, too, if I'm being honest. I, I feel like Moulin Rouge is just... It's just a more important movie. Yes. So I guess it wins on that level. But this movie, because it was so just not embraced at the time, 
I kind of want to, as you said, give it its flowers. It's nice that people are finally giving it its flowers. Like, yes. it took a generation, but, you know, we yeah. got there. Yeah. 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 It, I completely agree. I have a soft spot for this movie. I think yeah. Like yeah, I mean, I saw this yes. in the theater. I'm assuming wow. you guys did not. That rules. No. So wow. I did not. <laughs> Shout out to you seeing this in the theater. You saw this in the theaters when it came out. So you were um, one of the... $14 million this made. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was really interesting because I remember I was, as everyone seemed to be a big fan of Can't Hardly Wait, which was the filmmaker's previous film. And I don't, like, so I went to see this with uh, one of my best friends back home, Jan Katask, who's been on our podcast. He does all our art. He's one of my favorite people. And it felt like this was a Jan pick. Like, that mm. he was like, we should go see. Because, like, and I say this with no derision, but, like, Jan was one of those guys who, I don't know if it was, like, ironic entirely but like was all about Spice Girls ah, okay? okay and this was you know he's you know a, a straight guy who was just like Spice Girls rule so there's a kind this kisses up against that so. idea a little Girls. bit so I yes. feel like he was like we should go see this so I did and we liked it I think we really liked it actually because it, it's really smart and yeah. I just think that people the marketing was weird and was weird. you know this was not a time when IP was used in the same way that it's being used today. So, and it's so ironic and knowing mm-hmm. that I think people are like, what the fuck is this? Like, even like over Ebert shit all over. Yeah. I was like, Ebert, you know that they're in on the joke. Like, I don't. Right. Know. Like, you're yeah. saying that they paid for all of this, like, product placement. Like, for sure. There's no, well, one, there was no way. But two, for people to believe that they actually paid for that product placement is so egregious and get completely missing the in your the face point. satire. Yeah. Which is shocking because like this movie is so, I think what's so good about it is it's so up forward about what it's about. And because of that, it executes on such a clean, crisp level. Like you don't have to like dig in and ask what this movie is about. This movie's like, I'm going to fucking tell you what this movie's yeah. about. You're going to listen. And it's going to be a great ride. Just like buckle up. Totally. And people were like, there's more to this. And or they were like, this is just fluff. I hate this. It, <clears throat> it confuses me. It's, it's yeah. funny that you brought up Moulin Rouge because Moulin Rouge does also very similarly is like, telling you what this film is um but that movie is so sort of baked into the musical genre and it's having so much excuse me fun and it's so like visually arresting and this movie is not as much (laughs) sure it is visual. But, I would say this movie is pretty visually. No, I, I, I yeah. love the look of this film. We mentioned before we got on mic, you know, mm-hmm. Maddie Lebatik shooting I was this film. Say, cinematography. It looks fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I do think watching it this time, though, I was really hit with, and I tweeted this, but like the Wayne's world of it mm. all is very much in the DNA of this movie. And I think that, I mean, Wayne's world cost far less money and obviously was much more of a sensation and, and is 10 years previous to it. But. All of that, like there's there's the infamous Wayne's World product placement sequence in mm-hmm. that film. There's a lot of just like knowing winkiness to it. Um, yeah, it's it's just a surprise that like a decade later, an entire uh, just a different generation was like it just they didn't care or it went over their head or I don't know what. I think it was the women. Yes, I. Well, that, that too. <laughs> this is definitely in the canon of films that center women that people just completely write off yeah. for that exact reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer's Body was the first movie that we ever covered on this show. I know you've covered it, it on it, your it. Patreon. Um, obviously, it's a great movie. But yeah, this is just, it's the more you dig in, the more you're like, mm, great, another movie Women's, that, women, women, women. another women's picture that 
people just refuse to take at face value. Like honestly, not to yeah. not to dunk on Ebert too much, but Ebert giving this like half a star is fucking crazy. Is insane. His also review was Spice rude. World. Straight up rude. Well. Like yes. I was reading it this morning. He said, uh, Josie and the Postcats are not dumber than the Spice Girls, but they're as dumb as the Spice Girls, which is dumb enough. Yeah. Rude. Like, fuck off. Like, dude. like that's that's straight up very sexist. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah. It's it is so funny to me that Maybe this is the wrong way of looking at it, so forgive me, but I'm going to kind of take a stab at this, which is that, like, is it that men are threatened by it? Or is it, which is interesting to me that they don't find powerful women, quote unquote, attractive. Mm -hmm. Like, that to me is just like, that is hot. Yes, it is. Like, that, so I don't don't understand. Like, it's such a weird misconception that I just don't really get. I think it's the idea that, any movie that is girly is not serious. That mm, a fair. a movie that is this sort of like fluffy and poppy can't possibly yeah. be about anything because sure. you know women are not serious inherently. I think is the idea. I don't think it's yeah. it's almost being like I don't care to look at this deeply because maybe then I will perceive it as a threat and I can't oh. conceive of the fact that like sure. a film that's this girly could be about something. Mm. I think that's totally valid. I think there's also, especially with this film, the women can't be rock stars thing. Definitely. Which is is also, you know, horseshit. Mm -hmm. It is, because like, the soundtrack fucking rules. Like the songs are fucking great. So hard. <laughs> I was like, on a walk today listening to it and I was like, am I PRing my walking pace? <laughs> I was just like, why do you do that? You do that. And I'm just like, yeah, yes, it's, it's I a, am a pop soundtrack. prom queen. Yes. What's everyone's favorite oh, song? Easy, this is the easiest question you have ever asked. Okay. Which is? Because it's um, three. Three small, small words. words. That is also my followed favorite. Followed by. Uh, Pretend to be nice. Uh, I do like that song, but mm. no. But it's um, I always forget. A backdoor lover are the, well, sure the I top mean, two songs of maybe all time. hit. Yes. Is hit. Yes. What's your favorite? I mean, three small words. You really can't do better than that. Like, it's, and it's it, pretty it, amazing. It is. It's one of those things, and I don't know if you guys have. I'm sure you've talked about other fictional rock bands within your podcast. That's actually a good question. Well, Through the Woods, of course, an iconic pop band oh, in Jennifer's through body. The trees. Trees. Sure, through the Trees. Through the Trees, yes, of course, yes. Which, again, is a great song. song. It's a yeah. great song. It's one of those things where every now and then there will be fictionalized bands that have like fake songs mm-hmm. and you're just like, I don't buy that this would that be this a is hit. Good. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you watched Daisy Jones and the Six recently. Oh yes. No, I'm yeah. uh, well acquainted with this phenomenon through that. Every show. there's the, the thing is there's actually a couple tracks on the album that they put out that I think are very good, but sure. um, look at us now is not one of them in no. my opinion. Is that the main that's song? The main, that's like the one it's basically like their riff on the chain. That's the one that's supposed to make them. Yeah, because I don't know if you know, but uh, kind of a take on Fleetwood Mac. Um, What? I know, it's crazy. I also don't know why you would decide that the, like, song that catapults them to fame should literally include essentially a riff from the chain. It's just, it's crazy. But I think that um, More Fun to Miss is a very good song. Sure. This is all just to say that, like, to me, like, Scott Pilgrim is another example Mm. of a movie where, you know, Beck is writing some of those songs and you have, like, members of Sloan and members of, like, Metric, like, all that stuff. So you have, like, legit artists behind it, which is 
incredibly important. This does too, but been, not to the same yeah. level. And I, but I, like, I, I don't know. There was there was an article. I don't remember where it was from. You might be able to pull mm. it. That was ranking all sort of fictional like the best bands, fictional sure. and mm. that that thing you do, which we were talking about yeah. last yes, night. Yes, yes, yes. I think it might have been Rolling Stone, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like it might have been Rolling Stone. I mean, that song is a fucking banger. It is, and it's it's the DNA of the movie. Like if yeah. that song doesn't work, the whole fucking movie doesn't work. Yes. Right. And I would argue this movie doesn't work if their songs don't rule. They have to be and good. They, yes. And they're yes. great. Yeah. Which is another thing that baffles me about this. Like how are the songs not hits? I mean, <laughs> once again, just, I think comparing it to Spice World says a lot. And that like the Spice Girls, and I would also say the Pussycat Dolls in we're, we're looking at like sure. girl groups from this era. Two sure. good bands. Um, yeah. Like. like have some real yes. bangers. Absolutely. Even if you don't want to admit they're bangers, you Absolutely. can at least say that they have some real earworms. Yeah. However, For sure. there's just a refusal to take them seriously, seriously. in yeah. any way. You're also, there is a, there is a bit of a distinction between like, you're speaking of like overt pop. Yes. And then this, which is like kind of pop punk, pop rock punk thing. prom queen. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's like stuff in it's there true. where it's yeah. like, it pushes up against what we were saying earlier, yeah. but like this idea of like three girls can't be rock stars. Like, have yes. you seen, I don't know, listen to Slater Kenny or, you know, any number of three piece, great, you know, mm-hmm. female led rock bands, whole, there's I was all gonna sorts say, of, they compare yeah, them to like, whole, you've got the right. lead singer of like letters to Cleo doing right. Right. To singing. So it's here. just like, to yeah. me, it's like they did all the right things to legitimize them within this somewhat illegitimate universe. Yeah. And it still doesn't click. Yeah. It's just, it just bums me out more than that. No, a hundred percent. This movie watching this movie, knowing the reception is a real bummer <laughs> yeah. because you're like, yeah. this movie is so good. Yeah. And it's a shot of dopamine straight to yeah, your system. Really? There's yeah, really no is. reason that it shouldn't have been yeah. a hit. And um, yet. and yet here What's we are. It's crazy. Cause yeah. the spice world movie made Buckloads of money. But it also cost $5. Right. Yes. But it still made a shit ton of money. And like 10 years later, you have this, which is fun. Th- this movie definitely was too expensive. It's pretty It's pretty expensive. Uh, this movie the, is too expensive for y- what it is. Yes. There is. There was a $30 million? Mm-hmm. 40 Something like that? Like 30. This, is, this should have been in the 15. high teens, low 20s. Yes. I think. It's not. I wasn't able to find anything on it, but I'm curious how much of that budget was going towards Marketing. product placement. Sure. And, um, and Mark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, when but, you look at like whenever Wikipedia has like uh, <laughs> a range of mm-hmm. budget, you know that things are kind good. of weird. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that like there was any shenanigans or what have you. I just think that like it. It's a good-looking movie. It's, it's a well-made yeah. movie. The production design is, and beautiful. it's just like it's lovingly made. Mm-hmm. Is, is part of why it sucks because you're watching. You're just like they cared. They didn't yes. just fucking phone this in as a Josie and the Pussycats movie could absolutely have been back then. Yeah, and maybe maybe been more successful. I really don't like know. The shot composition oh, within God. the confines of the production yes. design yes. is stunning. Like we talked about Down with Love a few weeks ago, and that sure. is a, a movie that I feel like falls sort of similar in terms of like hyper specific stylization that plays within the confines of the world and it all builds so well but like I often think about the shot it's like so dumb and it's like early in the beginning but like when number one band in the world like comes across like there could have been a hundred different ways to do that but it's so well shot it's it's like ah! a wonderful shot oh you mean when number one band in the world is like behind Behind them them. yes they're in the middle of the street he holds up the clear jewel case oh my god it's amazing it's great like it's Again, like it's just really smart, and mm-hmm. it's just unfortunate that it feels like they applied themselves to a piece of IP that they maybe shouldn't have at that time, mm-hmm. um, or they just thought we can take this piece of IP 
and that'll get people into the theaters and we'll be able to do something really, you know, irreverent. Spoiler, that didn't happen. Do either of you have a relationship with said IP and or the Archieverse in general? I read a lot of Archie comics when I was a kid. This is not surprising. Because my like local, essentially like, uh, I lived in such a small town that we had no uh, chains. Mm-hmm. So we did not have like a CVS. Instead, we had Colonial Pharmacy. And <laughs> Colonial Pharmacy, yeah. That's, so, that's See, crazy. Do they churn so, butter in the that's, back? That's the thing is that every time you think that I am lying about what, where I grew up, I am not. Brooke that's, is never lying incredible about where she grew up. Their icon was literally like a little horse and buggy, and you can go into Colonial Pharmacy oh, to get gosh. your toothpaste and your like the Wells Fargo logo. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's so um, good. Wait, so they had Archie so, comics. Shockingly, you know, yeah. they had a one little comic like turntable thing, uh-huh. and they always had Archie comics in there. So I, those are usually the ones that I would. Did buy you have a crush on very... Archie? Archie feels you core. Um. <laughs> Let's see. I, oh, I mean, never liked. Big, I never. I never really cared about any of the boys. I was mm, all okay, about so Betty was, and Veronica. Uh, okay, shocking. Are they? I are either of them bi or lesbian within Riverdale? You mean the show Riverdale? Yes. Well, in the show, they that's... have made out with each other, but mm. I don't think that either of them are like canonically. Riverdale okay. is a show queer. that I really. I watched the beginning of because I was very curious as to like. Twin Peaks meets be? Riverdale. Like, what is this, right? <laughs> and like, and, and and forgive me, the director's name, who's done, who did the pilot? Um, no, yeah, I don't oh my remember. god, it's the guy who did uh, Celeste and Jesse Forever. Oh, and really? I think uh, it's Lee to- uh, Lee uh, Tolan. I will find it. Uh, Lee Tolan Krieger. There you go. Okay, so he yes. did the pilot because he's in a, a handful of Berlanti universe mm. stuff. I'm yes, he did the Age of Adeline. And, and he did Sabrina, I believe, yes. as well. Yeah. Very stylish mm-hmm. filmmaker. Yeah. And I was like, watch the pilot. I was like, this is stylish as fuck. Mm-hmm. I think I maybe could lock into this. And then the the first couple episodes were just shaky as it mm-hmm. was trying to find its legs. And I just unfortunately moved on. But now I'm like, should I go back and fucking watch Riverdale? Because this show sounds crazy and I, I don't want to watch it now. I will tell you the ideal way to watch Riverdale, which Drunk. I haven't been able. Yes. <laughs> well, no, you would die. Like... <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't watched in a couple floor. years, but I feel like Jordan has heard this before for, I think the first five seasons. Mm. I watched the first season like live-ish on the sure. CW app, which is the shittiest app of all time. And then the I was seed, like... Seed, I believe is what it's called? Yeah, CW it's, seed? It, is, it is one of the that worst terrible. platforms that I have ever, mm. ever, ever used to watch anything. Um, I was like, I can't do this anymore. That show is a binge show. It's not a week-to-week show. So... Every weekend, once a year, that it would drop, the new season would drop on Netflix. I would say, like, devour the season. I I have no plans. You <laughs> cannot reach me, and I would watch twenty two episodes That's, of Riverdale. I know. I love this for you, bro. Crazy to yeah, hear this I would again. just like ten hours. 10 hours of TV. I would just, oh, that, was, like, that was my day. jump through time. There's like, it's, it's gotten crazier and crazier season to season. And we're in the last season now. They have superpowers. What are um, they riffing on at this yeah. point? Because I know they had like themed seasons or episodes, They right? did do themed seasons for a while. Superpowers. They have superpowers because they did a crossover with Sabrina. So Sabrina, some bullshit happened. No, I'm, fi- I'm they, fine with that. Actually, I'm fine with that. that which one, who plays Sabrina? It's one of it's our... It's Kiernan Shipka. Okay, Kiernan yeah. Shipka. Of course, the Kiernan Shipka to 
That was a show that I was surprised. Who's the other one that we talk about that looks like Kieran and Shipka? I always confuse the two. McKenna Grace. There it is. Thank you. The thing about Sabrina, (laughs) which was another show that I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. That show should have been better than it was. Mm. I was like, how is this not bigger than? And and was that straight to Netflix, right? Yeah. 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 And and like I, a lot of people like to put it on the at the feet of Kieran, which I don't think is fair. No, she's good in that show. I think she is too. She's always good. But I think and the show looks great. It's just like the writing. That's the thing is that it's like the river. The in my opinion, no, obviously disrespect to I'm sure the wonderful writers of Sabrina, but Mm. like. I think Riverdale is better written than Sabrina, but Sabrina has like the money of a Netflix show. And so Mm. it really is. I felt the exact same way about Wednesday where I started watching it and I was like, this show is clearly very expensive, but the writing is just not. But Wednesday works because of Jenna, but that's, but all this is to say, I haven't, yeah. Your original question as to whether I I have any affinity for this, the comic or anything or the cartoons, their first appearance on Riverdale because Josie is on Riverdale as are the Mm -hmm. aforementioned pussycats. One of them is a lesbian. I believe so. Yes. I also, think Val. I think it's Val. And then also um, uh, Cheryl Blossom from Riverdale proper is the, a lesbian. The redhead? The redhead. Sorry, yes. Who's that? yes. Yeah. Who plays her? Um, <laughs> Madeline Petch. Nope. No idea. Yeah. Guys. Who plays? She's come on. Super so hot. out of Betty and Veronica, who, which one's Lily Reinhardt? She's Betty. Okay. She's Betty. Betty's the blonde. Come on. Betty's now. the blonde. I Kenny never. Mendes well, the here's, here's my relationship with Josie and the Pussycats. Had no None. idea the first time watching this that they were even in the Archie universe. I yeah. was like, oh, when they go to Riverdale, fun? all yeah. of a sudden you're like, what? I was like, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, they're like this this interesting offshoot yes. of the uh, Archie universe, where it's like it's kind of crazy that Josie and the Pussycats is a movie that was made based on like their respective comics because they were never the highlight mm. of the Archie universe. It's Again, it kind of comes back to sort of like, how did this movie come to be in 2001? When you're just like, there isn't, no one's banging down the Riverdale door. No one is sort of like thinking, how can we do Archie as a movie? Or how can we? So I I can only assume that that, uh, Deborah and Harry, the writer directors of this episode, of this episode of this movie, (laughs) were sort of like, we want to tell a, we want to do a, deconstructed mm. metatextual commentary on like capitalism and how this shit's being forced at teens and like mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff and baked it into it unless it was an open writing assignment. I, I really have, don't know. I have no idea. I just don't know. And I couldn't find anything yeah. on sort of how this movie came to be. I think yeah. that my, I don't know if I had to take a stab at it, I would say that they wanted to make a movie about this sort of thing. And we're looking for some sort of IP that they could attach to let, that be sort of like the bona fides to make this insane mm. movie and that they landed on oh cool like a girl rock band we can do Josie and the Pussycats, the Pussycats. but it's crazy that like other than Riverdale this is the only piece of Archie media that exists in live action aside from like the cartoon show I mean there is obviously Sabrina which is also in the, in yes, the Riverdale universe I, guess, I mean yes. I, I and there I I'm sure that they're mining it for everything it's worth right now and there are umpteen things that yeah. are I know I want to see what happens after because this is the last season of Riverdale yeah. I want to see what happens after the last season of Riverdale they tried to do a backdoor pilot which uh, Katie Keene which lasted one season and then it was promptly correct, cancelled it's because correct. the backdoor pilot was terrible um, and yeah. also the series was terrible so just, and also when it was problem. announced <laughs> it was like an interesting idea in terms of like wanting to explore like the fashion world yes. and using sort of this opportunity of taking this and I was like this is interesting this could be interesting but then you know obviously it wasn't executed all to execution the, baby and it also just feels as though like there's it's a really ripe universe to be able to do like 
swings. Like if you're not going to take a swing, if you're going to be like oddly loyal to yes. the canon, yes. I feel like maybe that's a mistake. Yes. Speaking of costumes, costumes in this fucking movie rock. Yes. Oh. And they Lisa, all look great. Lisa Evans, Excellent. who did like the custom, I read like too many articles about this, but she like built all of these, like 95% of them were like custom tailored, wow, cool. uh, which is a lot. And it's just like obviously like the way in which like when Val is down bad, she's in blue, Melody and Josie in their animal prints and purples. But like the low rise jeans have never been lower. They have never been lower. I don't think Tara Reads are barely it, covering. It just, it, they are it, clinging on for life. It <laughs> makes me break out in hives just yeah. seeing low rise low rise jeans. Low rise jeans are my worst enemy. I mm. cannot think I could would not wish them. On, on your, your mortal enemy. It is interesting how, like, I think that this period, um, the mm-hmm. early 2000s, is the an early absolute loss. wasteland when it comes to fashion. Yes. Like, it, it's it's pretty hideous. Yes, but I like it. <laughs> I would never wear it. You would say... But I think it's, like, it's, uh, it's timeless, I think, because it's not timeless, like, in terms of fashion, but I think it's always fun to go back it's and, like, look at it. Like, this movie is timeless. so hyper-specific in its there time period <laughs> that it's, like, oh, it can't age That's almost. That's what you're Do you know what I mean? For. Like, I, it feels such a product of its time that it, like, it could be a period piece now. It could be, like, an alternate world. It's just so hyper-specific that it's just, it's, like, it's a period when it's piece. carbon dated, but then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like a period piece, it is, it but shot feel, in the period. It does yeah. feel frozen in time for yes. sure. Yes. Um, and it works for this movie. Yes. I don't know that it works for anything else. No. no. I also, the, the fashion in this movie is better, I would say, than mm-hmm. early odds fashion as a whole. Because well, it's heightened. Because like the movie's yeah, exactly. dialed up yeah. enough yes. that it that it's taking the piss out of the world that they live right. in. I mean exactly. When you see Dejour at the top outfits. of the movie, it's just like with their furry cowboy hats <laughs> yes. and their boas and, and the like baggy, all of it. Uh-huh. The baggy pants. It all kind of works yeah. because you're taking the piss out of it right. and you're yes. serious They're about performing it. performing on an air fucking plane yes. strip. I feel the exact same about like Josie's amazing like yes. deep V leopard thing with the uh, the the cuffs that she makes for herself yes. and her finale outfit, the uh-huh. blue leopard yeah, print yeah, yeah, yeah. with the furry coat. Oh my God, it's amazing. As, yeah. Has anyone ever looked as good as Rachel Lee Cook does in this movie? Oh, you got a crush? Oh, I have such a crush. <laughs> I am yeah. so down bad. I am <laughs> the boy in the crowd screaming. I will give up my life for Josie. Oh, I'm sorry. The cutest boy in Riverdale, a.k.a. the most, the most milk-toast man I've ever, ever seen. That's unfortunate. Alan M. is... Alan M. is... Alan, negative not an ounce of charisma. But they kind of have chemistry. They do. No, yeah. Together, they're fine. Alone, I'm just like, this guy looks like he's 35, and why are you into him? Well, it's so funny. Like, when when he comes over, and she's working on a car, hot, Hot. iconic. Yes. uh, And she's, like, waiting for him, clearly, to, like, talk about how into her she is, and he is just so dumb. And I'm sitting there like, Josie, I would tell you. (laughs) I would treat you you right. I would treat you right, queen. She is, you know, it's... First of all, Rachel Lee Cook comes to prominence two years earlier, and she's all that. And she is all that. She is all that. Um, I'm sorry. And That's was almost me. cast in Can't Hardly Wait, which mm-hmm. is how she gets cast in this because they remembered her audition. Is so fucking good in this movie, and yes. this movie should have been the beginning of an incredible career uh-huh. for her. And unfortunately, and this movie bombs, and it's her. and it stops her in its tracks yeah. because she is 
doing it all in this movie. Yes. She completely understands what film she's in. She's funny as fuck she's in it. So when she's evil Josie, she's yes. just so, <laughs> so hot funny. and relishing it. turn into dogs, and the dogs turn old, and then they die. <laughs> it's great. Like, who's a rock star? The way she says who's that when she's evil. It's fucking amazing. Evil yeah. so, like, Josie. She's just great in it. She yeah. just shows the range. And I'm just like, how did it not happen for her? It's so fucking disappointing. I know. <laughs> I, I, so I'm looking at her Wikipedia right now. Mm-hmm. The it's rough. Cook first gained national attention in 1997 when she was featured in the famous This Is Your Brain on Drugs PSA oh, television course, advertisement course, course, in which she proceeds to destroy a kitchen with a frying pan. <laughs> Also I, hot. That's iconic. iconic. Yeah. Um, I love how we all remember that commercial. Of course. I certainly do. But yeah, yeah her, uh, it's not It's not great. It's no. not great right now. She's kind of coming back. She home. was also yeah. in He's All That, which just hurts. Uh, like if I, if I had gotten that call, I would have been like, how dare you speak to me and put down the phone. You hang up on a probably like multi-million dollar check. But, but like, yeah. I hope that she's doing well and is I'm hanging sure she out. seems fine. You know? Like, she also was, there yeah. is a moment when like she consciously steps away yes. yeah now whether or not that's you know but just saying like I, I do feel as though i also in 2001 21 years old saw this movie and was like i'm on a knee where do i <laughs> sign yes um so like she's great in this movie they're actually the three of them are All great three. yeah tara, 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 tara reed kind of murders this movie she which she goes uh <laughs> That's really cool. If I could go back in time, I'd really want to meet Snoopy. Snoopy. Oh, Mel, that's what I love about you. I, Mel is the blueprint for Amanda Seyfried in Mean Girls. Yes, and yes, yes. I she think, walked so Amanda Seyfried could run. Yes, yeah. but mm-hmm. I think something that is uh, mean between those two performances and like a slew of other like airhead girl performances is like they're very fucking hard to do because yes. you have to be funny. You can't just be dumb. You have yeah. to be funny. And like those are both two like very good comedic performances <laughs> yep. who were not acknowledged as so. They're not yeah. dumb people. They're so, yeah. It's so, like, I just, like, you think about her bits and I'm laughing because, like, the I honk mean, if you like pussy and she, yes. yes. I'm wearing a Beware, Beware of, of the, the music. music Super Yaki shirt I right With the smile in the, yes. in the heart, the obviously. With the face in the O uh, yeah. and it's the, so good. the heart on the I eye. Mean, I mean, you mentioned the, the, the pussy joke that <laughs> comes so out of the gate, which I'm like, thank you for doing it Right out of the gate. Yeah, they had like, to get it over with. Don't fucking, yeah. like, you know, just, like, get out of the way. Yeah. We're all thinking it. Yes. Just whatever. The only other time they even mention it is when Rosario Dawson yes. is throwing hands with uh, the other Carson Daly and says, mm-hmm. you messed with the wrong pussy. Yeah. yeah. Or, sorry, with, I don't know. I someone. think it was the wrong pussy. It's, it's Alan Cumming, sorry. That's who she's yeah. throwing hands with. I... So Rosario Dawson. So first of all, has I did the best career probably out of all three. I know it's crazy. Well, yes, I didn't realize the people that were up for these yeah. roles is kind of insane, especially the Rachel Lee Cook role, which mm-hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal and Zoe Deschanel were both up mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny because they were both quote unquote unknowns at the time, and which Rachel is Lee Cook hilarious. was not. Yeah, which is which I just think is like I could see maybe a world where Zoe. Is I could see Zoe. Yeah, but like. It also would have been a little. It would have been too quirky. I, it, I just, I don't know that it's. And Maggie Gyllenhaal is just all wrong to me. Like that yeah. seems insane. I it, mean, the, even the Beyonce casting feels wrong. Yes. For, that's but or, yeah. so crazy that this could yeah. have been a Beyonce movie or, or an Aaliyah, Aaliyah movie. I mean, like, it's it is so. It feels feels so two thousand and one that they're like, okay, so one of them is going to be black, and mm-hmm. let's go to three black artists, right. like Aaliyah, yes. Left Eye, and and Beyonce. Yes. But like Rosario Dawson makes this movie work in so many ways. There are so many moments that would have fallen flat in lesser hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's great in it. She's excellent. And I think that she gives like a really important 
gravitas she or does just like grounding to the drama of this movie yeah. and the playfulness of it too mm-hmm. like i think about the end of the movie when the aforementioned alan m crowd surfs to the stage to tell josie that he loves her there's a look that rosario gives genuine yeah. surprise and glee <laughs> that makes the moment work yeah. otherwise it's just like all right whatever but she makes it fun yeah. I, I just yeah she sells shit yeah. that shouldn't sell you can read into her cast i mean like it, it's the, the thing because like on one hand it is like so of the time to have like one diverse character but to be fair i just wanted to say the it that's how it's always been in the comics it's a redhead sure. yeah. a blonde and then a black yeah. woman well i just think <laughs> like that if you fair like, read into yeah. the themes like in terms of what happens to each character though too it's is like she smart. is specifically like so sidelined and yes. you can read into it whether being like it's just her because of her wants but also no, because she's the black woman it's clearly supposed to be her because or because she's like right the only woman of color because before alan cumming's character even like knows that they're you know suspicious about things he's you know leaving her on the curb and not right. inviting her to parties like before she gets suspicious yeah so which is not in you know a he, coincidence what does he have that line i don't remember which band he compares them to um but when he's trying to pitch them and uh i don't remember who he says but he's like except one of them is very very tan, very tan. <laughs> mm. uh so but i think that like one it, it doesn't end worse for Rosario Dawson's character for Val than it does for either of the other girls. Like everyone gets to win together and it's important. It's about the power of friendship. But I think it makes a difference that the movie is like, yeah, we all know that like this member of the band would be treated a little differently. Mm -hmm. And like, let's call that out, but also not make it like fucking shitty. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I do think that like the Alan Cumming role of Wyatt (sighs) is a real kind of, balancing act that maybe only Alan Cumming, although Richard E. Grant is maybe the other one, because it feels like he's kind of doing Richard Mm -hmm. E. Grant in this movie. But like, they do that kind of evil mustache twirly thing, but it's all kind of a joke. But like, there's enough gravity there that it doesn't sort of spin off into another planet. Mm -hmm. Um, He's great. Perfect performance. He's fantastic. He's Take the Chevy to the levee is the best line delivery maybe of all time. (laughs) Uh, to the director, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, yes. 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 What's yeah. the other one he gets when he throws that alt girl in the the van? Oh, oh uh, smells like Teen Spirit. <laughs> That's when they kidnap the like misanthropic goth girl yes. and throw her in a van. It's incredible. It's so I good. Love Alan coming in this movie. No one has ever held a flip phone quite mm, like him. True. The Call sheer yes. side eye that he gives while on his tiny little flip phone is. It's amazing. amazing. It's amazing. You know why? Because I can only come from a bi legend. That's why. He if is you're a, bi, is he, he is a bi is he a bi legend? He's a bi legend. That's why. Oh shit. That's, I mean, that know, makes that's, sense. That's why. Because he I adds, I would say my read of him is extremely androge slash like queer coded. Yes. He is the flamboyant. Yes. Not yes. necessarily. Second flamboyant, in command. But he is like the bitchy gay. Yes. Yep. He always plays gay. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't mean to no. like that well, is how I mean, it he's plays in the MC in you know, sure, cabaret. or even yes. in Eyes Wide Shut. Like, he's right. he's always kind of playing in that pool. That's yes. not to say that, like, that he couldn't be bi. Right. But, like, I think he's always kind of playing a mischievous gay guy. Like, that's yeah. just his mode. That's it just what it, that's his, yeah. I think that I think that Richard E. Grant is, like, a great... Yeah. Comp, comp yeah. Yeah. in yeah. terms of like there's just like a sort of the snooty British like right. homosexual yes. vibe, which is what he's he... playing in Spice World. Like Richard E. Grant yeah. is playing essentially this role in yes. Spice World. This is just a much more kind of knowing 
version of it. Yeah. I, guess. I yeah. can't believe I didn't know that he was openly bisexual. This Come is on, this Brooke. Is to me. Seriously, um, isn't this the queer card? I like, know. Oh, wow. Jesus. I love so on Wikipedia the the article that is linked about his bisexuality says Alan Cumming is bisexual and you might be too. <laughs> yeah, yeah wow, I might be. Sure. I guess I am. <laughs> we'll Thank never you. know. I think he is like the glue. Like like the evil glue that holds this together. <laughs> evil glue. Like it's just so phenomenal. Like his plotting, and it's like I think it's like the tongue and cheekness that works. But yeah. like when he and Parker Posey are together, you get uh, like the full, yeah, power of their energy. And it's yeah. the thing; it doesn't tip the movie too far into satire, but it's just funny enough. Like I love the Parker Posey scene when she's with like the government official, where she keeps like saying under her breath, like "That's gonna happen to you," and he's like, "What?" She's like. Did you say that's gonna happen to me? She's like, or you know, that back. Yes, like, yes. it could lean so campy and mm-hmm. bad, but mm-hmm. I mean, it is campy. But it could lean in like too far into satire, yep. and then like making itself a joke. But they, their performances hold it on this razor sharp line that they both never cross. Which is and incredible. the scenes they have together, they're just oh my feeding God. off each other yeah. in such an incredible way. I mean. I think about the reveal at the end of this film far too often. So good. Mm-hmm. I think about him unbuttoning his shirt and being like, I thank God I can Ugh. breathe. It's been 15 years of sucking in my stomach. There, there's something really just kind of lovely yeah. about the reveal at the end of them just being like weirdos and letting their freak flag fly. Yes. yes. That is just kind of lovely. And I, I like how much they call it out where Missy Pyle was like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. are we trying <laughs> yeah. to say here? That yeah. if you're yeah. a weirdo, you should just stick with other weirdos. <laughs> like, yes. yeah. And yeah. then it's just, they just move on. Yeah. And that is what makes it yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, I think that's the moving on. Like every joke moves so fast like there's the line where it's like i'm only here because i'm in a comic book what what never Nothing. mind and right and we move, move on. on like we're constantly just like brushing aside the mm-hmm. meta nature of it which is good because if i think if you relish deadpool style in it it's oh, just going to be exhausting yeah. Yeah. i i think even the we realized movies are a much more effective form of subliminal right. messaging josie and Jones Jones best movie ever <laughs> like that's it's fast like i yeah. that is the joke that i remember from my first watch of this like mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. audibly gasping by how fucking funny yeah. I thought it was. I really do think that this is one of those films too that like if more kids went to see it, I think they would have like these jokes aren't insanely hard to put together, right? Like this isn't no. a movie that's like so I just feel like it was an exposure thing. Mm-hmm. I just think that a generation either didn't know what the fuck Josie and the Pussycats was, mm-hmm. didn't really care, didn't that this cast didn't want to, you know, they didn't feel like getting in the seats for them, whatever the case might be. Had more kids went to see this, I think that they would have felt brilliant leaving that theater. Yes. Yeah. And Come on, girls, sit down. We'll gossip. <laughs> How <laughs> much scene, do you weigh? That scene breaks my heart. When she puts one Pringle on the plane, goes, I'm such a oh, pig. I'm starved. <laughs> I'm such a pig. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even eat it. Doesn't even eat it. She leaves the, so fucking good. The, being in a girls' night and being like, Ugh. "How much do you weigh?" is triggers my fight or flight <laughs> immediately. And then she's like, "Oh, I weigh three pounds less than you." Anyway, like, let's do French braids. It's crazy. It really is upsetting because um, she's but, also at the like the height of her indie power coming yes. into this yes. too, which is iconic and they were they were talking about the production the directors were like greatest she had a hard time at first like clicking into the movie because she's coming from the indie world and she's like am i in this movie for like kids is this like so she had like a harder time than others sort of connecting into what mode she was supposed to be which is shocking because this feels like the most clearly like parker posey type character you like see a lot of parker movies and you're like oh she's like doing the same 
kind of funny shtick, which sure. is incredible, and it's like a one of a kind bit. But like, this is a continuation of the posiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, for sure, Best in Show is like a couple years before this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the Good that's movie. she's clearly found well, yeah. the pocket that yeah. she's supposed to be in. And Scream Three is right before this too. Like mm-hmm. she knows right. what she's doing. She does, and she just recently said she's she hopes she can be in another Scream movie, which I hope that they find a way to put her into. She's another. like I, dead, dead for both her and movie, right? Drew Barrymore's characters, who have been yeah. like, "Oh, we could come back." I saw a couple of tweets that were like, "We need to give them an evil twin so that like mm, we can get." I'm the okay with that. Back. I, I like, tweeted after I the like Drew Barrymore this. thing. I'm like, yeah. they found her liver in a mailbox. Like, they, yeah. she's, like she's not done. It's cool yeah. if she's she should stay dead, yes. but that doesn't mean that Drew Barrymore can't come. No, back. absolutely, and yes. and the Parker Posey thing, Drew Barrymore in. Like the movie, like it's Drew Barrymore playing Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah, That's so 12, uh, Ocean's 12. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Um, but she doesn't know she's Drew Barrymore. Even better. <laughs> um, so I, <laughs> I just, I feel like Parker in this moment, which is like, this is 2001. When is, so. Pre 9 11. Yes, just pre 9 11. <laughs> Parker does um, Guffman in 95? 7. 97, okay. Mm-hmm. So then it's. It's, it's that kicking and, and screaming is 95. And then she's in uh, You've Got Mail. Yes. Um, which is 98. 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clock Watchers, 97. Clock a Watchers. perfect movie. movie. A great movie. Mm-hmm. Waiting for Guffman, Clock Watchers, Day Trippers, and House of Yes are all And Party Girl. Don't forget Party Girl, guys. Um, what? Party you, Girl you is 95. You know what's cool about Parker Posey is Parker Posey. Is really good. She's yeah, also she in everything. The Doom Generation in 95. She um, is? Everyone's in that movie, though. I, I mean, she is obviously an indie darling, and I would argue, like, never totally blows up because I don't know mm-hmm. that she ever wants to. Like it does feel very specific yeah. about the type of movies that she's in. Yes. I feel like even if anything her time is now because like prestige TV has mm-hmm. given sure. so many of she these people. She was amazing in the suitcase. Uh, uh, the, the staircase. staircase yeah. That's the thing is that it's like I feel and she um do you remember her episode of uh High Fidelity? Did you watch that? Yes, like, I fucking love that show. Absolutely, and I love that performance. Yes, you I, you've never seen it. I assume. How have you never seen? it? You would love it. You Jordan has not seen any TV. That's not Jordan. I have seen TV. She has seen barely any a, TV. A lot less TV. What is it? What is her? Um, what is okay, her? so in High Fidelity, she plays like a Manhattan socialite who's Ooh. selling a shit ton of like her old ex's records. records. Yes. That run out from underneath. Her. And she literally, basically, like swans down this huge spiral oh, staircase. So it's just, it's, it's, she's Parker Posey. It, you know it. It's incredible. It's, it's a scene in the book that was not in the film, just based on time. So they inserted it in, as into an episode of the show. And she's incredible. Mm. Um, she's great in, as we said, the staircase. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen Bo is Afraid. I don't know that I'll be seeing Bo is Afraid. But I saw it. She's, she's it? she is she has probably my favorite line in the movie in it oh okay <laughs> which i don't want to spoil but it's she, she's very good in it i think it's a role that she's a it's whatever <laughs> um uh, i'm is, here for parker, parker posey being back in stuff a lot yes. i mean she never really went away is the thing she works i just very consistent yeah it's just like the roles i think she's taking her like when she's in columbus like yeah. it's a very small supporting role oh, but she's columbus. good in yeah, it yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean it's like she's never bad i just think you and know you guys she'll... ever see the return of Jezebel James. No. Do you know what that is? No. Didn't even know Jezebel James was here and that she returned. So she returned. Uh, Jezebel James is a show that has been essentially scrubbed from the internet. It was an Amy Sherman Palladino ah. multicam comedy where Parker Posey is Lauren Ambrose's sister <gasps> and she runs a children's book publishing firm. It's it was good. bizarre. <laughs> it is... I. 
if you can find it, listeners, it is definitely worth at least watching the trailer for it because it is one of those. The look on Jordan. I'm, just, I'm reading the cast. Diane Weist. Yes, yeah. yeah, Diane Weist it's, is here. It's a. It yeah. was a very big deal because it was Amy Sherman Palladino's first show, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, after Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. This was pre Bunheads. And, oh, Bunheads. And it was a Fox show, and everyone wow. and Amy Sherman Palladino, who came off of Roseanne, everyone was like, she can do multicam comedy. It's a bizarre thing. She could not be good. Good him. central cast. Like I would, if someone was like Parker Posey, Lauren Ambrose, I'm like, sure. Yes. Although yeah. the original casting, from what I heard, she really wanted Cynthia Nixon mm. because you know they both have red hair and they you know doesn't Lauren yes. Ambrose and Parker Posey don't look you like sisters. Don't really look like uh, they don't really radiate same gene pool. But all that being said, Parker Posey in it is fascinating. Like mm. it is just one of those things where you're like, had that show been a hit and had that show been what you know everybody hoped it would have been. It would have put Parker Posey probably into a whole new echelon. Yeah. But it just, you know, that just obviously didn't happen. Um, she's great, though. I'm basically am thrilled Everything. anytime yeah. she yeah. shows up. And she is so good in this she movie. It this is movie. unreal. Mm-hmm. Her feather outfit, oh, I'm never not thinking about at the about party. It. Yes. With <laughs> like stretching. Like sort of flying. Down the stairway. Oh, she's so great. Mm-hmm. And that the, the, there is something so sad and perfect about the fact that her that her big plan is just to incept people into thinking she's, she's cool. cool like that's it yeah, yeah. It's, it's so it's amazing. sad it's so great that's it's perfect i think that basically every decision made in this movie is the correct one yep. when yes. it comes to actual thematics yes, and yes, message yes. Mm-hmm. as well as obviously doing this like super fun bubblegum poppy yep. but with like a little bit of edge to it because that's what the movie is and i think that the music in the movie really reflects like what the movie's about and the audience that they want and like the way it treats teenagers as well is it's just it's kind of lovingly ribbing them you know what i mean and saying like listen we've all been teenagers we all know what it's like and it sucks and you want to go by (laughs) josie and the pussycats but just you also just want people to like you yes and you'll do Mm -hmm. kind of whatever it is you can form yes Mm -hmm. like and, and i think that knowingness and and sort of trying to push against that theme by being like just be yourself as cheesy and after school special as that sounds yeah i think is a great message it should be that and also like that should be the message about like a girl group taking over the world when they're supposed to be this again like music for young women Mm -hmm. should have i think like an empowering and uplifting message if it's going to be in like this this style of film yeah Yeah. i think it's like such an overwhelmingly empowering movie like Mm -hmm. it is like a super super sorry feminist text like i think like what it's saying and doing and subverting your expectations of classical quote-unquote like women's roles specifically Mm -hmm. like within the arts and like the music scene is so fascinating because like Mm -hmm. so especially when alan mid uh tries to yes. like you know like he is taking the classically like woman role coming to support yes. and also like making this like oh oh my god my love i'm sorry i'm here for you i love you i support you and like josie like does it she gets the bag one because the band is successful and the, the people actually like her music for what it is yes. the band's music rather Two, all of the women are friends in the end, and it's just about like their friendship. It's about the power it, of friendship. Like guys. they get everything. Dejour means friendship. Right. Dejour like, means friendship. <laughs> it Dejour does. Means Dejour means surviving an airplane crash <laughs> pre 9 11. Yeah. So I, true. well, that's what I always forget that this it's movie crazy. came out in 2001, came out in April 2001. There yeah. is another movie that comes out in 2001 that also has some sort of insane plane, plane crash. crash opening, and I don't remember what it is. Um, no. 
Um, it's probably like a letterbox list of like I get plane crashes. people are pro- probably yelling at us. Probably, yeah. Um, whatever. But I mean, it is. So when we cut to the wide shot and you just see yeah. the, the plane. fucking plane, yeah. it's, it's crazy. so but funny. But you want to talk about good cinematography. The yeah. fact that, well, the plane is yeah. irrelevant, but the fact that Alan Cumming like lands perfectly yes. like in the third Crazy. that he should land yeah. in as the yes. plane's going down. Yeah. It's wonderful. And then the reveal of the Riverdale sign as it pans yes. across. Like it's, it's just really smartly done. There's yeah. also like, you know, there's all sorts of like cross-processing and all sorts of shit that he's doing to the actual film, which is fucking cool. Like, I love all the kind of the way he's playing with colors and fish eyes and like mm-hmm. they're doing all the music video techniques mm-hmm. of the time, but they're incorporating it into yes. the narrative of the movie. Yeah. It's yes. just really when we're smart. in like fake New York City, like yes, the yes. fake New York City look is so yes. f- it's very like the Batman, mm-hmm. I would say. Oh, I was gonna say Babe Pig in the City, but that's it too. is also yeah. Babe Pig <laughs> nightmare movie. I was thinking about a movie I enjoy. Hey um, now, Babe hey Pig now. in the City is the greatest movie. <laughs> Jordan does not like that movie. I can't believe you don't like Big Pig in the I'm City. I'm neutral on I think that, that movie. movie is cursed. Do you, you don't think it's camp? No. Okay. I, I don't like that movie. movie. Uh, wow. This movie I, is camp. This movie is camp. This movie is camp. This movie is camp. Yes. Yeah, this no, I mean, is camp. I, um, I mean, it's yeah. so camp that people didn't fucking it. realize yes. it was camp, yeah. which is a compliment to the power of camp. Maybe yeah. not a compliment to the money that it made back. But, but even just like if I'm not mistaken, um, Deborah appears in the film. Uh, she has one, I think, uh, short cameo. Forgive me if I'm wrong, ever listeners, you know, whatever. Wow. Where she's the one that like does the swoop with uh, Joni's hair after oh, she has nice. the thing. Yes, which I feel like is such a like that's a perfect thing for the director mm. to be doing to be mm-hmm. acknowledging the fact that they're part of the kind of you know yes aesthetic of everything that's going on. I just think it's a, I, I don't know. I, I think everything is done really smartly. Some stuff, I mean, listen, the, the, the Tara Reid, Carson Daly stuff doesn't age particularly great. Just I like, think it's fun. I think it's hilarious because yeah. she's like, bitch, you thought, and then smacks right. him with a cardboard no, I, cutout. I, the cardboard I get cutouts it. are <laughs> actually, like, even the cardboard cutouts are like thematically saying something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like sure. they are just sure. celebrities Dina. of du jour. They can be replaced. There are cardboards behind the machines that build them. Yes. I think it's, I'm just not a Carson Daly fan. I oh, also not either, grew but. up as maybe your listeners know in Canada. So I didn't have TRL. Mm. So the, the, the iconography of Total Crest Live was sure. not something that permeated. I have no idea what TRL right. is. I never I was watched watching, it. I was watching this movie and I was like, what does TRL stand for? We have the exact same experience. Total Request Live. Like, I know what We're MTV young. was. I'm sorry. But I think this was a I show kn- that people would call in and they would request. Like a song. Music videos. Mm, of course, MTV. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I'm ancient. Uh, I'm going to turn to dust. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I think it's funny. I just like it because Tara Reid and him were dating at the time. Well, and that's, I think that's, but that's fun to read thing. into. No, and I, I and I get that. That's what yeah. they're playing with, and I'm sure that you know Tara was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if we did those cars and whatever?" Like, it's more just. I actually think it brings out the worst in Tara Reid's performance. Mm. It's too blonde. It's, it's like dumb well, blonde. It's just a little or... too. I just don't know that she's acting her best mm, with her with boyfriend Carson. of the time. And I also think he's annoying his fucking frosted red tips. <laughs> like, it's just like everything about him, I just yeah. think really annoying. This was the only part of the film that I was like, it just doesn't, didn't sure. age well for me. Yeah. You want to talk about good cameos, though? Eugene Levy? Gonna, Eugene I'm Levy's Eugene fantastic. Levy. I'm Eugene I Levy. love America. I said cappuccino. Right. Um, as <laughs> this it, whole it, long monologue is so good. Yes, as storied and deep as... 
my career. Um, I also feel like this is a very, even though it's, even though this is an American movie, there's mm. a lot of Canadian DNA in this movie. Sure. Which Canada I feel is like, the best country ever. I, which I feel like you would appreciate. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yes. What what specific uh, things is, jumped out at you? Is Rachel Lee uh, Cook not? I don't Canadian? believe she's Canadian. Okay, never I could mind. be wrong. I do know that Catherine Isabel, noted Canadian actress, has. I, it's not a cameo because she wasn't famous, but she plays one of the screaming Josie. Oh my god, girls yes, who are obsessed yes, yes. with Dujour. Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I can understand why you might oh, be so eh? with, Sorry, with Canada. My bad. Um, um, Eugene Levy is in this. It's so funny that he's so like pro America in this movie. Yes, like yes. the girl in the bikini with the American flag appearing is hilarious. It's so good. Um, also am I wrong about Parker Posey? She is not Canadian. Okay, well, you know what? I uh, Parker Posey is like, I think she's I retract like, my statement. She is from New York. Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore. Yeah, she's not Canadian. Um, listen, okay, I we would gladly take either of them. If either of them would like to be Canadian, um, <laughs> I'm offering them citizenship. I'll say the one person in this film that didn't work for me is... Uh, Paolo Costanzo. He's, yeah, I don't know. They could have done better. But he was a thing. There was a moment in like... I just forgot who he was. I was like, I'm sorry, which character? The manager. (laughs) Alexander. The manager who gets real naked at the end Yeah, he had a bit of a moment Mm. post-road trip, if I'm not mistaken, where he's he's one of the guys in that trifecta of that film. And there was kind of this like moment when it felt like he had this kind of sarcastic thing yeah, going that was, yeah. and in this it's just like he's just trying way too hard and yeah. it all just it all falls pretty flat he's, he's not so. funny Missy Pyle uh, Missy Pyle's so much Missy Pyle just bodies him in yes. every scene she bodies every performance she is I think one of our most underrated comedic actresses when she I mean, shows up in Ma you know you're or in Gone Girl treat. also crazy she's incredible in Gone it's Girl it's crazy yeah. she's in Gone Girl yeah <laughs> Um, she's she's so she's so good. I also am a huge fan of her in the cursed movie that is uh uh Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that she's good in that movie. Um, so cursed, but she is good in that movie. She's great. She's, she's serving. Looks There's in that some movie. good stuff in that. Who is who's her daughter? Isn't her daughter? It's um because she was a something. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, Anna Sophia Robb. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. TVT. I I knew. Every single actress that was kind of in like the Anna Sophia Rob Abigail, Abigail Breslin camp. Yep. Do you want to know why? Because you were you trying to know be why? her. No, no. Well, no. Oh, you had a crush on her. Well, no, because I was ten. <laughs> ten. Both answers had enough of a pause that, that you know like, there's you know something there. I see why you would guess that. It's 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 just it's it's much yes funnier than that. Um. I watched a lot of American Girl movies. Oh my! Oh God. my! When I was a kid, because. American Colonial pharmacies. Yeah. Yes. So, like every girl, Samantha Hanratty, who's in uh, uh-huh. Yellow, Yellow Jackets, Jackets right now, plays oh the God. lead in one of the American Girl. Who is she? I have seen every American Girl movie. Who would? Which American Girl was she? You don't know her. I know. Just tell she's me. a modern girl. Oh, I don't know the modern girls. You, you don't What's know. What's her name? Um, I don't remember. Well, Abigail no. Breslin. Was Abigail Breslin. Kit uh, was Kit Kittredge an American girl? Anna Sophia Robb is Samantha, my favorite American of course, girl. Of course, because Samantha um, is Colonial America. No, Fuck. she's Which turn she? of the century, like Fuck. early 1900s. God, Felicity is Colonial America, and she's played by Shailene Woodley, and she rides a horse. Shailene oh Woodley, my whoa, God, yeah. that's crazy. I know all the this American is girl movies. Something. Yeah. Why is like an American girl podcast? Is this question. is like you, uh, like you. <laughs> I need to find one. I need to find one. And I'm gonna cold DM them and be like, listen, let listen, me on. You I need me. <laughs> I don't know that there is one. You might have just stumbled upon oh a, a whole new uh, oh, genre. Uh, this could, we could do the inverse of this podcast where I don't know any of the movies and you know all the movies. Yeah. 
That's hilarious. It's like the Barbie movies. Like I feel like there's like a culture there oh, of people who have seen them. every Barbie yeah, movie yeah, and like never seen one. Yeah, like Barbie Fairytopia and, yeah, and the Princess Barbie, and the Swan Popper Lake, and Swan yeah. Lake. I haven't seen any This of is a very American thing that you guys are speaking Barbie? about. Barbie? Yeah. You no, know, because like this stuff, it's not to say that like it didn't make it to Canada, mm. but like certainly an American girl, I don't imagine that <laughs> any of those things fucking mattered up in Canada. <laughs> yes. And they, I mean, it's crazy how I guess much they mattered down here. But like that sort of like franchisey thing for mm-hmm. like young kids like getting them into the franchise game early, early. Oh, yeah. is fucking crazy it's funny because the thing is that it's like you really would like the american girl dolls were all like a franchise yeah. sort of like i watched every they single were, movie yeah. even if i didn't i read all the books yeah. even if i didn't own the doll mm. um you need to make your avengers movie with all the I american know. girls there's an snl <laughs> parody i've seen that, um that they did i think it's i think it was last week with yeah. anna diarmas where they did like an american girl doll um, story and it's like it's like how these uh, <laughs> girls had like the most depressing lives yeah. ever because yeah. They did. Yeah. <laughs> like all the books. You mean are these crazy. movies aren't historically accurate? And, but like, what I like most about those books is that like there's some shit in those books. It's like um, what's the worst thing? Actually, never um, mind. no, don't answer that. Don't so, answer that. Oh no, you already asked. That. Is there like a Holocaust doll or? Well, I mean, not exactly, but there's Addie who is an escaped slave from the Christ. South. Who literally the first third of her book is her in fucking slavery, and then she escapes. Oh That's. That's is crazy. that crazy? It's crazy. I thought Danny Elfman did the score for a second. He <laughs> didn't because there is Danny Elfman esque music cue that happens whenever there's like a mysterious beat. Yes, it's the, the dramatic stint <laughs> sound works so right? well. It sounds yeah. so much like Danny Elfman. It does. It's, yeah. it's not. I think him, it's like but the it's, 90s it has vibe. That, it has yeah. that vibe, which yeah. I think is that is that's the best. Is like when the drama happens and the strings are being like mm-hmm. heightened. It's mm-hmm. the movie playing on itself and being like, ooh, it's yeah. tense. Yes. It works. I asked this question on uh, my Letterbox review, but what is everyone's favorite product placement PD in this movie? Because there's not just product placement. PD? Uh, yeah. Production like shower. The target plane. Oh, okay. okay yes, okay, okay. yes. Like it's not just like they st- slapped some logos on stuff. Sometimes it does feel that way, though. Occasionally it does. Like the giant Advil. I was, that's the one that jumps on out the at me. Floor. Where I'm like, when she's fighting, and then they just cut to a high angle, and there's an Advil. But I thing. like she's beating someone up to like with Advil. You yeah. know, it's like they're sure, going to need, gonna need sure. some Advil. Yeah. I yeah. Like that. yeah. Okay. Um, my personal favorite yes. is uh, the McDonald's bathroom on which mm-hmm. yeah, she's where she's is... using a sponge that has mm. surprise. Yes, and yeah. there's like a tiny little like hamburger, uh, mm-hmm. like plushy by yeah. the sink, and that's where that she that's, finds the beware yeah. of the music. The, it's it's great. It's so good. But yeah. I, I have I have all. I love that. Uh, she what is she singing when she's in the shower? Again? If you're happy and you know it. Okay. Just then, then we cut to in her head yes. later. Yeah. That, that's yeah. my one of my favorite gags. There's like, oh my god, this is dramatic. This is dramatic. And if you're yeah. happy and you know, and she claps. your hands. Yeah, she claps. Um, <laughs> I think the, I think the target plane is the target like, plane the is pretty, pretty amazing. Like that is so once again good. they're being targeted. Right. Yes. Very smart. Let me. I yeah. think the thing about the reason, and I would probably agree with both of these. Another one's not coming to mind necessarily. Though the Revlon when they're in the women's I, I, room is the giant yeah. Revlon yeah. rug is, is, is sick. pretty impressive. Uh, they're all kind of done yeah. in a way that's organic to what's going on in the story, but also like there could be a target plane today. Like if you said to me, there's yes. a target plane, I'd be like, I'm yeah. pretty sure there that's probably the thing is, is yeah. that this movie you know? was truly like so. predicted the next 20 to 30 years of consumerism and capitalism and also the way that like I think it's to your earlier point about how Maddie Liebetique uses a lot of music video style things and obviously how overt the product placement is in this movie um 
it's crazy to watch music videos now mm-hmm. because there's a close up on a Beats pill mm-hmm. contractually, mm-hmm. seemingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and seemingly. Yeah, there's, I, I don't know. It's just crazy to think about like uh, failure on TikTok. The way that like consumerism and product placement is like insidiously snuck into content creators on TikTok in this way of like, we're not specifically saying it's an ad, but you can tell it's an ad, but sometimes you can't. And like how these things spread, how like the desire for a product expands person to person is just crazy to look back at this movie and be like yeah they had no idea how constantly we were going to be bombarded with advertisements i think this movie yeah, they was couldn't extremely have prescient yeah. for like what yeah. was yeah. to come of like influencer culture and sort of like celebrities like writ large i have it up here because i googled josie and the pussycats product placement but there's that yes. shot of parker when she's reading the billboard and like imagining mm-hmm. all the stuff yes, that she like can josie steal from phones exactly and, and it's like the cat ears yeah. and the like nail polish and the makeup yeah and it was like selling out I feel like I think it's interesting now because selling out in the early 2000s to like early 2010s is viewed as like this horrible thing that you don't want to do. Like being super on YouTube at that time and like in the early 2010s, like you never want to be a sellout. And like everyone would always look down at sellouts. And nowadays, I feel like it's gone the flip side where people are like so pro sellout. Like, yes, get your bag, get get your this. Like, don't you want to like have all these sponsorships? What this movie is lampooning about like a corporation trying to insidiously plant that so it's natural has gone like full circle now where it's like, the corporation doesn't need to even insidiously plant it. It's just there. Like mm-hmm. the people just want to have the product placement for themselves. Something that's huge um, on TikTok is Amazon storefronts, um, which is basically like you, if you put things that you buy and that you like in your Amazon storefront, if people order them from your Amazon storefront, you get like a very small percentage of the profit. But that's Jesus. like a perfect example of like, capitalism from Amazon but also from like the fast fashion or like the cheap shit that you're buying off of Amazon and like you building an authentic audience all work together to like (sighs) technically give you money but mostly just give money back to someplace like Amazon. I think this is all crazy. It's interesting because I was just listening to um, the Blank Check episode on Steve Jobs Mm. and great movie and I feel like and they talked a lot about how you know one of the big tenets of Steve Jobs' life was trying to make technology more friendly, mm. trying to make it make your life better. How can technology make people's lives better? How can it do the things that they want it to do? And I think that, you know, he he often talked before his death about how like he might have crossed some sort of a Rubicon with the iPhone. And it does feel like we're now in this place where it's like people want these things. Like it's not just programmed, Mm -hmm. you know, consumerism, capitalism, all that sort of stuff. These things do make your life, can make your life better, not do, but they can depending on what these things are. And I think that this is, it's this weird sort of slipstream that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. And this movie obviously was a commentary of way before it, but like of why do you want these things? Mm -hmm. What sort of need is it fulfilling for you? And, and weaponizing that, it's, yeah. it's dangerous. Yes. And in combination with this idea of like insidious subliminal messaging, what they really launch on is like, we need to make kids think that like it's their idea mm-hmm. and not our idea. And something that I think has, because uh, this is the queer quadrant after all, really has like come into play with quote unquote supporting your creators is like, if you support your favorite queer creator or creator of color or like trans creator getting a bag, you're directly supporting them, which is true. 
but you're also directly supporting like these mega corporations well, and how like, like it's like concert tickets right it's yes, like they convince yeah. you that like oh but all that money is going to they made like, that much money off of touring yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. like this idea that like if you want to see people like you succeed you need to pay mm-hmm. them money which is like an objectively true statement Mm -hmm. but that it's so intrinsically tied to these huge and i love how big the corporations are that they use in josie and the pussycats tied to mcdonald's and Mm -hmm. target and revlon and and sega united states government which is behind everything it's amazing yeah i mean i really don't think you could do that today like i think that these companies would be are way more precious now with their branding and and what it all means so again, this is sort of a product of its time right. where like hmm. these artists or artists, these companies would allow themselves to be playful yeah. about their manipulation of kids. Right. Today they'd be like, fucking never, I don't want anything to do with this. Which like, is crazy because then you have these corporations on Twitter shitposting exactly. and like having like a Getting someone who's like a dirt. comedian yeah. from Twitter running their accounts who's just like the Wendy's clapping back at like a random yeah. consumer, but then they yeah. would be so close about like, a movie thing yeah. which it's is like bizarre i think the the constant example of like apple being like oh villainous characters can't use iphones right um, right yeah. right yeah Although i have a I question think, i think that's gone away a I little bit that... because too many people caught on and now they're like well, oh think... that guy has an android i think part of, part of it was also to like their shows in yeah. the beginning they were very very strict about what type of content yeah. would be an apple tv show they've thankfully Completely subsequently that, yeah. changed that wasn't it, it was originally just supposed to be kids and family programming yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. That's fun. Which is crazy. Which is bananas nowadays, dad movie programming and movies that seem like they were made for a tax write-off. Um, I have a question because you've seen Ghosted. Ooh. Because Ghosted has like Apple AirTags as a plot I watched play. the first half an hour of, okay. of Ghosted. So, so does I everyone have an f- iPhone though? Everyone has an iPhone in mm-hmm. it. Um, and literally, Even the villains? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Um, I need to know because I, 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 I need to I know. know. But I do know that like... He basically, Chris Evans is able to find her because of an uh, air air tag. tag, He also uses an air tag. He's like, he like sells shit at like a farmer's market or something. So he puts an Apple tag on his money thing, his money. um, Sure. It's like whatever. So that he knows where it is at all times. So like they use Apple tags multiple times in the film to show how helpful they can be in terms of finding things i have a question mm. what is an apple tag so an air tag so it's, it's an I've air never tag used this in my life is basically like you know how there's like find my iphone or like sure. find my airpods basically an air tag is just like a thing that you can put on whatever you it's want about this big it's about the size oh, of a quarter God. yeah like so you want to put like it on like device. your luggage and then you always know where your luggage is or basically. on your dog's collar for instance yes. right um and or on the, your girlfriend is that like what this movie's saying or? the problem ultimately when they it's first like find my friends you know they, when they yeah. first came out people were shockingly using them to stalk people and yes they are used multiple times in this film it is the impetus of the plot of ghosted Mm. yes but i think that like we're seeing that more and more because we the entertainment industry is now so tied to like tech and branding Mm -hmm. in general Mm -hmm. i mean think about like every time you see a sony movie and there's like so many sony Sony products even in like spider-verse girl with the dragon tattoo yes correct amundo (laughs) so funny um, but that's a good example of yeah. like mm-hmm. brands are extremely protective of their brand, like yeah. of of what it says. And I, but think it's that, the flip with that, movie, yes, which yeah. is yeah. Fincher being like, Elizabeth in the book only uses Apple products, so she's only going to use Apple. Pro- I, I think that's interesting in the sense that like that's Fincher being like Sony computers fucking suck, and there's no way that you would actually be using one, which I think yeah. is kind of funny. Like yeah. 
so that's to your point. Like, yeah. yeah. Him wanting to protect the brand of his movie. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to. As opposed to the brand. Everything you want so is yeah. a brand. Yeah. And we live in a cursed capitalist no, society. No, yeah. we actually do, which is why I think. <laughs> we, live, we do live in a society. I think yeah. that like there's, there's we so used many. To anyway. We used to anyway. Now we just live in hell. Um, <laughs> But like there's so many elements of this movie that really speak to that. And like, again, the desire to support your favorite artist and support capitalism in the process. Like the, the Josie um, like headsets. Yes. yes. I mean, I would buy those. So, 100%. See, it works. Yeah. It worked on you, Jordan. It did. Think I'm, about look, it. The thing, what's frustrating about me, I'm just going to do some self-reflection. Is that you like, some, you like stuff? You're a stuff I guy. I love I'm a stuff, stuff. guy, too. Yeah. And like, but I, I hate corporations. Not a stuff I guy. I want so. like capitalism to die and end up in a hole, but I also want a Star Wars toy. Yep. So what do I do? You just got to do it. But I think... You got to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest with yourself. And I'm also a very big fan of whenever I can, mm. buying stuff from independent artists. Because again, it's like, whatever, I'm buying something off Etsy. Yes, a big chunk of that money goes to Etsy. Mm -hmm. Or Society6, whatever it is. Like, unless you're directly DMing someone on Instagram and like paying them through, but then it's like what you're paying them through. Venmo, it's all... you know, no ethical consumption under capitalism. Amen. But a- amen, brother. You can buy you can buy a Star Wars toy from Lucasfilm, or you can buy from an independent artist. But then there's this there's the whole question of collection right. and like looking for specific things. But like any time that I buy like a new piece of jewelry, or I would say something branded from a movie or an artist, I usually try to buy from a creator because yeah. i am better than everyone else bye super yucky <laughs> I do, I do. We, do we I would, do we have an ad read on this one we don't oh. oh yes we do there you go super yucky is the best merchandise ever you want to buy super yucky merch Hell yeah, I do. That's ah, so crazy. Oh my god. Honestly though, I don't even need subliminal messaging to want to buy Super Yaki Guess merch. Guess what? It was just me doing the voice. Whoa, that's so crazy. It wasn't Mr. Movie Phone. That's wild. I know. Um, but let let's let's just say if mm. you want to feel like a punk rock prom queen, don't if we all? you want to feel like orange is the new pink, mm. Super Yaki is the place to be. Oh, baby, is the it? The best movie shop on the internet um, for love letters to filmmakers and to cinema that you love. Whether your vice of liminal messaging or otherwise mm. is hats, whether it's books, mm. whether it's socks, and whether you want to look at like a tribute to Bong Joon-ho or a tribute to Josie and the Pussycats or to the Scream franchise Ooh, or to Keanu Reeves. They got it all. Super Yaki has it all. Are you telling me I could get a Josie and the Pussycats shirt? On Super Yaki. I actually don't know if they're in stock, but in theory, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you could. That's crazy because you're wearing one right now. Yeah, I am. So it's truly the nicest people on the internet and some of the best made clothing on the internet. Um, packaged with care, delivered and shipped with care, and um, seriously, made by some of our favorite people. No subliminal messaging needed mm. um if you want to be the greatest rock band in the world super yaki is the place to be and hey guess what what for you <gasps> as Me? the fans oh my god our loyal fans our caddy are wearing listeners yes we have a surprise for you and it's not scary headphones that may or may not melt your brain oh my god it's what a discount code whoa let's go du means discount code <laughs> 
<laughs> you can use code SuperQQ for 10% off. That's code SuperQQ, all caps, no spaces. So if the spirit moves you. If the spirit moves you. You can find all good things at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Du jour means watch more movies. Go to Super Yaki now. Best merch in the world. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I, I do think what's interesting to sort of piggyback on what you're saying is, you know, one of the things, one of the scenes in this movie that I love, which was nostalgic for me and not for you guys, because I'm sure you're too young, uh, was that was sort of the, the virgin megastore um, when he's, when at the beginning of the film, uh, Alan Cumming is in literally in the record yeah. stores before oh, they yes. kidnap the goth girl. Yes. And I was just like, I miss brick and mortar stores. Yes. And we're now in this place where we are constantly being bombarded with buying stuff online. Mm-hmm. And if you're an online person, it's continuous. Like you just can't fucking get away from it. Yes. Yeah. Which is maybe better for business. I assume that it is, right? They don't have to pay people to work in these brick and mortar stores and pay rent, all that sort of stuff, right? They have a warehouse somewhere and it ships it to us, whatever. But it's so less personal, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that all of these things are being aimed at you because they know your taste, because they know what you're looking at and, you know, cookies. Everything is monitored. It's ostensibly more personal, but it feels less. But it feels less because there's just no personal, actual contact going on. I thought about, like, in this scene, there's a moment when he's talking to the guy and tells him to put on the, the CD, to put on the music, whatever. And I was just like, I remember going into, you know, in Toronto, it was HMV, but still, and being like, listening to a record or an album before I bought it on mm-hmm. CD, and they'd have these, like, banks of disc men, mm. and you'd listen, listen to a couple songs before whatever. Obviously, that doesn't exist anymore, but there's just something, there was something so tactile about it, and yeah. there was something very personal about it, and it was about sort of, it's it just... It's just an interesting thing that in this movie it's sort of innocuousness, whatever, but it's just completely gone now. Like it's the it's a it's the tactile nature of owning a physical thing and going through a physical experience. Totally. That I think like no matter what you're doing online, you won't be able to replicate the experience of like actually being in person and doing something. And even if like you get something better online, what have you, I think it takes away as you're saying like the experience. I'm very pro Blu-ray, DVD, sure, etc. Just because I I think. I can't physical media baby watch Fuck yeah. like uh, like the idea of like owning something digitally stresses me out versus having like a physical thing of it just because it doesn't feel like I actually own, own the thing yeah. like I'm yeah. like I do know that it's on the cloud like mm-hmm. I'm like sure I own this quote unquote but I don't have a physical like it's not there mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. therefore it does not feel real mm-hmm. and I think if we're like more online it's like what is real what is not real what are these Absolutely. interpersonal relationships we're having away from you exactly someone robs yeah. your house right you know but yeah. i think that like it's also like branding and yeah. like recognizable things are a way to express yourself yes, like jordan totally. is currently wearing a lady gaga shirt it's true. phil's wearing a mulholland drive shirt and i'm wearing a josie and the pussycat shirt like we are so expressing yeah. who yeah. we are yeah. through consumerism and that is what america is all about but i think that what's smart about this movie is that it doesn't reject consumerism because it's pretty impossible to like reject consumerism in a movie that still wants to be enjoyable and not completely depressing but it shows that like 
consumerism should never come at, at the expense of your friendships right or the expense of being authentically yourself i was gonna say the individualism yeah. i think is the yeah. is maybe the most the the largest kind of theme of yeah. this movie which yeah. is don't be a lemming don't, which is a, i would be, say a, a queer theme is to be able to be yourself and stand out you know mm-hmm. and to be comfortable with you yes. versus fitting into a homogenous crowd yes. i think that's Let a very queer thing fly. exactly yes. yes and i think there's first of all alan cumming is unquestionably playing a queer coded. coded character he so almost much kisses so, her at the end so much so that at the end when they're like this is kind of romantic i was like say mm. what <laughs> what now what not. now i also think parker posey is kind of giving um like she is. ice queen yes yeah. sapphic yes girl i also yeah i want to talk for a second about tara reed yes because Tara Reid, who shockingly was the only person who didn't have to audition for this movie, which I think is crazy. hilarious. That American Pie money. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious to me that considering the career that has come for her since <laughs> uh, is is just, you know, whatever. But she is very funny in this movie. Yeah, she gets the, the joke she's, she's in. in yeah. But I'd say she's probably aged the worst in terms of the career that, that came after it. In the sense that, like, sure. watching it now, you're just like... Oh, Tara. Tara. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's you also, know. it's like, again, I don't know whether this character necessarily exists today because I think, like, with sort of, like... Oh, it definitely doesn't. You know, like, the dumb yeah. blonde sort of idea it's has so been kind of out. washed yeah, by. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it is overplayed even at this time, but somehow the movie threads the needle yeah. to where it works. And it's not... I think what works, especially about this movie, is it's never demeaning to the characters. Like, No, it's very genuine. Right. She's Josie a genuinely sweet loves person. Her, yes. like, they, they love her for who she is. Yep. And that's really kind of kind. And I think that's sort of like what ties in with the queer themes is like, no matter what, like there is never punching down in this yep. movie. None of the jokes are at the expense of these characters. Even when like Alan Cumming and Parker Posey, like review who they are. Yep. It's not in a sense that it's like, like it's funny, but it's not like mean. Yep. And I think there's a very specific distinction between the, those two things. It's pretty incredible that it's not a mean reveal because it's essentially yeah. like, Oh, this girl has a lisp and weird teeth. And this right. guy is an albino who like, who's <laughs> slightly freak. overweight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's yeah. kind of crazy that yeah. it's not a cringeworthy reveal. Yeah. I'm not sure. I agree. Why? Like, I thought the exact same thing as it yeah. was happening. I was like, oh was no, like, is this damn. gonna be gross and but weird? Yeah, and they, then they it kind of works. I think they sell off. it as kind of yeah. the yeah. Yeah. But I also think you know, I, as as you were talking, I was thinking about like they're good at what they do, and by that I mean yes. the band is good. Yeah. The songs are good. You respect them if you're willing to get on this movie's wavelength you respect Josie and the Pussycats as musicians. Right. And I think that's part of it too, which is like, they're not a punchline. The joke's not a punchline. They're actually good. So that by the end of the movie, when you're hearing crickets when they're first playing, and then everyone's like, oh, wait a second. They fucking fucking rule. banger. Yeah, these are, they're awesome. You know, it's such a great empowering moment, but we've known it the whole time. Right. Is just a really great reveal. It also, you know, to come back to the Scott Pilgrim of it all, like Sex Babam in that movie is a punchline. They are a joke. No one takes them seriously as a band, even if I think their music kind of it's fucking rules. pretty great. Yeah. I think that that adds to sort of the meta-ness of what's mm. going on, of being sort of the loser and being whatever. They're not losers in this movie. If anything, they're fucking, they're cool fucking rock shit. stars. Yeah. Like, they, they're awesome. So, they they deserve know. the career that yeah. um, Wyatt Frame wants to give them. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, yes. They, they deserve it. And I think that, like, they do a good job sort of building them up at the beginning in what, one and a half 
half scenes as this underdog band where it's like we just need a following like if we people will see our talent we just need more people to hear us that's the problem we're in a really small town where everyone knows who we are Mm -hmm. and nobody takes us seriously have you guys uh, have you watched the most recent episode of Yellow Jackets by any chance? Uh, no. Because there is a girl band playing in a bowling alley, which is fucking cool. amazing. Now, so I don't excited. know if it's an acknowledgement of Josie and the Pussycats. I'm going to assume it's not. But I still think it's a great moment nonetheless. We should bring, bring bowling alleys back. Be- I feel like bowling Thank alleys you. have fallen I, off. Yes. I go bowling every now I, and I go bowling every time I go bowling home. Room. Yeah. Candlepin? Um, well, because that's the New England thing. No, yeah. <laughs> okay, no. guys, we should go bowling. We why haven't yeah. we gone bowling? Um, there are some good alleys. There's one in Highland Park. Bowl. Mar Vista, yes. Mar Vista Lanes is mm-hmm. great. Uh, there's I've one been down to, the street from me. Yeah. yeah, I've been to Shadow Thirty Nine in K Town, sure, which sure, is sure. Uh, yeah. sketchy but still a lot of Lucky fun. Lucky Strike is whatever. Lucky Strike. Yeah. Lucky People strike should is go bowling. It's also so expensive. It's so expensive. I went there once for like a live like musical sure. show and people were bowling. So I guess it was a live performance <laughs> in a bowling alley, but there was actual like tons sure. of fans sure. there and it was like a legitimate like gig. Um, but yeah, I was like, this bowling alley is too nice where I was like, I it was no, it's like, great I'm not, though when I'm not they're like, we need the lane and the shoes. Yeah. And just yeah. the way Rosario Dawson looks down at her shoes yeah. is just kind of sad. I do think question on, and I don't know, but on the queer quadrant of this. Yes. Film, Josie and Val? Yes. Yes. They are, if there was justice in this world, Alan M as a character would not exist. Yes. And this would be a coded movie about Josie and Val. Um, Like their relationship plays because they are taking on a more typical quote unquote male role within... It's what also audiences yes. are used to. It's also a breakup movie specifically yes, between the two of them. Yeah. Josie and Val. Like yes. Melody is there, but <laughs> and we love her, but like this is this is yeah. really about Josie Val yeah. feeling like Josie does not um, respect her yeah. or value her and Josie saying, well, of course I do, but I'm surprised that you even need to think about that mm. and the dynamics mm. that come with That's that. That's interesting. I think it's very coded. Yeah. Um, I think that it's it's clear from kind of like their makeup session when Melody and Val are stuck in the car, like mm-hmm. how sort of like intimate it is. Yeah, and yeah. like they, because Melody is such an airhead, like uh-huh. they, they can't really go to her for advice. So mm-hmm. a huge amount of stuff is between Josie and Val. I mean, yeah. there. I think the gayest moment is that moment uh, in the you. private oh. plane um, okay. when uh, Josie like sits down on Val's lap. Yes, yeah. and they like smack each other's asses. <laughs> Hot, great, love them. <laughs> Just girls being girls. They, I do think though that Val is played. I'll say androgynously. Yeah, but like there's something about sort of the lack of sexual identity to her mm. and, and almost a masculinity to a certain degree. Yeah. And unfortunately, my question is also like, is this, you know, stereotypes that play into some of just sort of like, what are they doing with how she fits into this whole right. trio? And As like, like a black woman. Yeah, yeah. It's just like powerful black woman stuff that you're just like, which is, is right. what it is. But I'm just like product of its time, but also yeah. makes me think about the no, way course, she looks yeah. at Josie and the way that Josie looks at her. Like there's a, there's a dynamic between them that I, I'm yeah. just, you know, I I'm just saying. completely yes. agree. And I think that like, there's even that moment at the very end of the movie when Val breaks up kind of like the kiss yes. between yes. Um, Alan and Josie in a lovely yeah. way where she's like, okay, dude, we got to play like, our we show. Play, so. yeah. But yeah. I, yes, I think that like they unquestionably have so much more to give each other than Josie yeah. and Alan M who has literally nothing Negative. to offer except for a weird harmonica guitar combo um, and an ability to crowd surf. 
which sometimes should not be when it's not falling. Much. Um, and so, yeah, I think that like if we're really looking at like the real emotional relationship in this movie, it's yeah. it's Josie and Dad. it really is. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And even I would say like if you look at Dujour, I think I was there's gonna a say, lot we of have queer to reads. talk about Dujour because. First One. of all, Backdoor Lover is about anal sex. Absolutely. You think? Two, <laughs> why are we covering so many Breck and Meyer movies? I feel like I this know. is a year of Breck and Meyer for us. Uh, we talked covered. about Clueless recently. Oh, sure. We're on a yeah. Breck and streak. I, Breck and Meyer, I will always be like, oh, Breck and because of Clueless. I, I think he's he so is, cute he's in that movie. He's the cutest of the DeJour also, members. Also, for the longest time, I was like, oh yeah, Jamie Kennedy is in this yeah, movie. Yeah, and then yes. I realized that it is Seth Green and yeah. not, in fact, Jamie Kennedy. So that's my bad. Breck and Meyer's line in Clueless where he's like, my kids are going to think about Nine Inch Nails the way my parents thought about Rolling Stones, so I should probably take it easy on them. It hits pretty hard. It's good. Yeah, yeah he's it's good. It's, uh, it's great. But yeah, I... Every member of DuJour is gay is what I'm saying. <laughs> because they, uh, they, DuJour means homosexuality. <laughs> because if you look at like, I mean like they talk about, like if you look at the Backstreet Boys at the time with yes. like Lance, etc. Yes. I think they're yes. very specifically like parodying that. Yeah. And I don't know if they knew or did not know about certain members being gay or not, you know, but I think there is like a knowing wink and just by right. the playing up of the types that reads queer coded. Well, the Justin movie. Chatwin cameo at the top of this film uh, is also yes. kind of a, a not so subtle. Um, it's not a cameo if he's not actually somebody at the time. So yeah, he was just Justin Chatwin. Uh, but yeah, his moment is a little oh, bit like, yes. yeah, I yeah. like, own all their records. I own all their records. Yes. They're like brothers. Um, yes. Yeah, is is interesting. Brothers. Yes. Um, well, this idea that like boy bands only appeal yeah. to women yeah. when right. that is not true. Correct. And that like the boy bands as a whole like never function in relation to each other, except mm-hmm. it always sure, becomes, sure. I mean, guys, we need to look no further than the... Uh, rumors about One Direction and the in insane amount of fan fiction that was written about those members being together. I mean, pretty pretty amazing stuff. Pretty but, uh, yeah. incredible. I you know Stylinson. The, yes. The the <laughs> it's Harry and Lewis for those not in the know. The um, or Louis. The what, MGM know. Lion turning, turning into, into the, the girl, girl. Yes. is. Uh, just chef's the transitions in this movie are fucking unbelievable (laughs) yeah it's it's really the movie oh this is the thing too where you you have to love a movie when it's you know thesis statement is in the first scene where it's just like are you in or are you out we are going to be singing backdoor lover uh and it's going to be madness and it's going to be crazy fisheye lens of like screaming girls and like you're either on its wavelength or you're not. Yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, a lot of people didn't seem to be at the time, but like, I just love how in your face it is yeah. right out of the game. Oh, so good. The whole the entire du jour sequence rocks so hard for me. <laughs> As someone who's now watching a lot of the Planet of the Apes films. Um, for, for the, the blank, blank check, check Patreon. <laughs> one, great fucking movies. Or rather, I'm watching three. I have, not seen, I have not seen any of them except for one. Have you seen, well, have you seen the Simpsons clip, Dr. Zayas? Like, Dr. Sure. Zayas, yeah. Dr. Zayas? Yeah. Like, I was going through the quotes and I fucking forgot that there's a Dr. Zayas reference in Isn't this that movie. Because the they, they buy a monkey. The, yeah, that's and right. the Dr. Zayas, Zayas, which is so funny. That is hilarious. Um, And he's also in a full body cast at the end. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, that at the end is so good. The reveal of them. The reveal of them and then that they were that they stumbled upon a Metallica concert and had yes. the shit kicked out of them is that, that, that they landed the plane fine, but that's when their problems began. It's, when, and the, one guy knows the, the lyrics explosion explosion in yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah. I I mean, the, also the MTV News thing, which yeah. is also really just, yeah. I mean, amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, in terms of DuJour, I think they're really, the music for DuJour, again, fantastic. It reminds me of Turning Red, which also has a phenomenal yes, fake yes, yes, yes. Uh, boy band music oh, yes. done by Four Billy. Town. Fucking unbelievable. Yes. I think it goes, people don't respect boy band music, I think, enough. It, it, it's hard to write a good boy band banger. And these movies have both. And so, like, to be able to execute that again, like, with Josie, I think what's so fascinating about this movie is it straddles that pop and pop rock, sorry, pop punk line. Yeah. And they are two distinct types of music. And to be able to execute both at such a high caliber and to have both be bangers is really, really fucking impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that the boy... I don't want to make this engendered, but I do think boy bands do tend to be a little bit more towards women than they are towards oh, men. Oh, unquestionably. Sure. So just it's how they market, no, no, no. Yeah. I think that it, the, it's kind of, um, uh, it's it's this sort of same thing with Magic Mike, where it's like yes. Magic yes. Mike sure. is a movie that is unquestionably marketed towards women. What people seem to forget <laughs> is that there's also going gay to men. Yeah. gay men. Well, and also, I mean, I saw the first Magic Mike. I thought it was great. I, <laughs> sure I certainly will watch the other films at some point. Um, but what I was going to say, though, the minute the you get home, is, is the, the boy band thing tends to be generational. Mm. So, like, my roommate loves and sync and backstreet boys yeah but doesn't really fuck with any other boy bands that came after sure. right mm-hmm. so like it's kind of imprinted on you at yes. a certain age and it becomes that thing if you're a directioner yeah. you cannot like there's so it's, do we have else. a boy band now um is, i would say the closest thing is something like bts like true. Say, it's yeah. now very k-pop, like k-pop yes. centric. centric yeah yeah but like i think that that's an interesting dynamic unto itself as well mm-hmm. just in terms of you know it's it's when you are smack dab in puberty and it's like yep. these boys are telling you all mm-hmm. the things that you want to hear boys i mean men Men far too old for these yes. girls. But if you go you know, to their but, concert and you are serving, you have a chance. No, but that's, that's the, that you, yeah, like that is the magic of boy bands is exactly what is advertised at the beginning yes. of this movie. Like you can show up to a concert in a wedding mm-hmm. dress and mm-hmm. you might just you might, you score. Yeah. It's like Breckenmeyer's fucking line no. And that's, they're yes. buying the records. Keep, <laughs> keep buying the records, baby. It's incredible. This so is good. why, even though it's not a boy band, but this is why the Justin Bieber One Less Lonely Girl uh, mm. iconic concert thing mm. was so successful. Do you know? Do you know what this is? Okay. Sorry. So Justin Bieber has He's a song. He's actually Canadian. Just um, yes, yes, yeah. he is. Uh, yeah. Justin Bieber has a song called One Less Lonely Girl, a.k.a. like, I'm going to date you and there will be one less lonely girl in the world. Oh, nice. my and God. And every single time he played it on tour, which was every single show, he would bring up a girl from the audience. Gee. Genius. sit on stage while he played it and it was one of the most brilliant things that anyone it's, it's has ever genius. done yeah, yeah it's it's genius yeah so many yeah. girls I will that say, have been just broken because yes. of them being pulled on stage yes yeah seriously yeah. Yeah. i will say i feel like i straddle a generational line which i feel like i do We're in general Vespers. which is yeah. frustrating because on one hand i am a backstreet boyer but on the other hand i feel like the joe bros were oh, my other boy mm, band that's interesting which you know like but like i wasn't super into them but I was still into them. I'm like I will not deny the Jonas Brothers. The power. Jonas Brothers have found a weird 
lane for themselves where they have now yeah right where they figured out a way to kind of shake off the disney channel yeah. shit that they were doing for so long which is kind of incredible right. like, yeah. but they're, they're like an adult rock, rock band, yeah which is crazy. just shocking yeah <laughs> i i was never i was never a boy band person you were not a joe bro i was i my it, boy bands were discouraged because like it was kind of the idea like why are you yeah, yeah, yeah why do you have a crush on this on boy this celebrity so which uh, Listen, my room was entirely covered by Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez posters instead, which was totally fine Hot. and cool and definitely had nothing <laughs> Hot, to yeah. do with having I wonder where you are now. anybody. Um, oh my. But that's why I was very anti-boy band mm. because I was like, I'm not like other girls. I don't care about boy brands. I only that's care cool. about Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez. So much better. Oh, Taylor Swift has great songs. All right. I like Selena Gomez's songs. I feel like I she gets know that I know enough Selena, of them. Listen, I'm not going to say that the era in which I was obsessed with Selena Gomez like mm-hmm. was her best music, but that to mm. me was essentially my that Wizards of Waverly Place era. era? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like her first yeah. two to three albums, which are just so... Were you a Demi so... Lovato girl? No. 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 Me neither. All Selena. Yeah, also. There was this weird also like Selena versus Demi like feud for mm-hmm. a while. Fucking bullshit. So you, you picked a camp and you that got, was... You, yeah, you yeah. Of course. Yeah. Remember the Disney Channel Olympics? Yeah. yeah um, oh my. Anyway. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that this... We are young. I, oh I, no. I do think that this is a queer movie both yeah. in terms of themes and also sure. in terms of just like the pure amount of camp that it is like delivering. Yes. Because again, like... Yeah, you have to really be on a whole other level to be able to get people to misunderstand you yes. this much. No, I, agree. I, I really do think You're, it counts yes. for something. No, yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. When a movie is like this femme bubblegum pop coded, yeah. I think that it's, it immediately sort of. Go, we, with Emily, sort of talked about this a little bit where it goes against the mainstream heteronormative, like what is accepted as a culture. And even yeah. though it's more for women, society and the film industry at large has long been placating men and has been male skewing thinking that is the predominant audience so when you have something like this that is going against the mainstream you know monoculture at the time like that is inherently a queer thing because you are standing up to what is you know the norm at the time and like this movie i think we've talked about this a lot just with like our interest and taste is like because it has this camp flavor it feels queer coded and Mm -hmm. it's like maybe you're not intentional to be playing to a queer audience but this plays both for like if it's headed for women or if it's headed for queer audiences. And if you look at like now for people who have like reclaimed the movie and are like writing articles about it, it is either like the women girls, the gays and the they exactly like that's the target demo. Or as uh, Samantha Jones from sex in the city once said, first come the girls, then the gays, then the industry. Oh my God. <laughs> the I did industry that was the Smith, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I have, I have that saved as a reaction image somewhere. That's oh my God. I, I mean, I do think that the movie's camp factor mm-hmm. is, I, I don't, I, I guess maybe my definition, camp feels like a fluid term in and of itself, right? Like it's sort of, I'm, I don't know totally where it fits sometimes. Is that not a queer thing, baby? Um, as, as it should be. I yes, mean, it's, it's definitely this idea that it's a particular type of comedy that goes mm-hmm. against the mainstream and usually uses something flamboyant and or over the top. In okay. Yeah, comedy. I mean, over the top, I'll give you. I don't know that the movie is flamboyant per se i mean it has it certainly has its moments i don't mean to i mean it certainly 
the movie is hella flamboyant. It is. Is it though? Yes. It's so colorful, I mean, so bright, so loud. And then we also but, have, let's think about like the screaming girls, mm. the du jour fight. The, 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 just him in, landing on like and yeah, taking out okay. a flip okay, phone. Okay, mm-hmm. And then yeah. like coming back and then being like one moment and then hopping on the flip phone and then no, coming I, back. I, that, sure. that is yeah. like a distillation of like what camp comedy is. But I agree. Okay, it's very okay. hard to define. I've said it before on the podcast. It's like the definition, the Supreme yes. Court uh, definition of porn. I can't uh, define yeah, it, but, but I know it when I see it. it. Yeah. Um, and I also think that like <laughs> we we had a great conversation with Emily St. Yeah. James on our Fablemans episode about mm. kind of like the definition of like what makes a queer film. And it's yeah. like, it's not just people of the same gender kissing. It is this sure. like pushback yes. against like what is sort of like the negative heteropatriarchal, uh, you know, like fences of society sure, sure. and how are we like going against that mm-hmm. in this film yes yeah. i guess i guess what i was sort of thinking and and not really articulating is more about sort of the garishness mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the early 2000s is such that like turning the dials up just a little bit makes the whole thing seem like it's fucking cotton candy madness yeah that's what i mean in the yeah. sense that like i'm not sure that the early 2000s were camp right i just think that i think that's an aging thing then too which is probably yeah. like i think what's even more fascinating is like the fact maybe they didn't set out for this to be you know campy or i right. mean i think they did oh i'm sure they did the humor yeah but like with in terms of like the clothing etc but because of how carbon dated it is and how it has aged it has thus aged into something that is more campy mm-hmm. and is more in a heightened reality therefore it is like playing into the uh, queer audience more which is i think why this movie is just going to age better and better versus maybe why the time it wasn't received as well as it was yeah yeah i, I agree we uh we talked to mia vicino um from letterboxd a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. about down with love and mm. she identified josie and the pussycats as what letterboxd calls a high riser film sure which means that when letterboxd launched it had a significantly lower average yeah, rating than it does now yeah, yeah. and that it's like a expanded really quickly and she was like we mostly owe that to a greater diversity of people joining the platform not necessarily like sometimes it's like people discovered in the last five years this film is amazing but she was like we mostly owe it to more people for who come from different backgrounds joining the platform Mm -hmm. and rating films Mm -hmm. higher so that it like um it's not a bunch of like straight white film boys who are rating the movies. I mean, I think that this movie, and I don't have the the stats to, you know, whatever, but like, I think this movie probably did pretty well on video. I imagine this movie was sort of one of those things that, and the soundtrack, the soundtrack soundtrack. was uh, certified gold. Oh, that's cool. Um, Like it did so much better. I had to buy it on CD. That's the only way you cannot, you actually cannot stream it. Currently. Yes, it's now it's on, on Spotify. Th- it's okay, and it it ha- it's on vinyl as well. Mm, now. Yes, so no, if you okay. want to pick up Mondo a vinyl, put out a, uh, vinyl yeah. rest in peace, Mondo. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it either. But you can um, still buy that album somewhere, yeah. I'm sure. But yes, this album peaked at number sixteen on the Billboard 200. That's pretty that's great. Not too shabby. I think that's. I mean, I do remember telling people to go and see this in 2001. Um, I imagine that they didn't listen to me um, just because I was friends with people that are in their 20s and they were like, why am I going to see Joseph right. and Plays against You know, whatever. Um, but I do think that, you know, I'm sure it did pretty well on video. I'm sure yeah. it found its, its groundswell. And it does feel like generationally it's weirdly working yes. with millennials and Gen Z and it's, which is great. Oh, absolutely. Um, as we discussed, this production budget is 
a little higher. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it's thirty. It's widely debated what it was. Um, it made fourteen million worldwide. It did open wide and twenty five hundred screens, but it opened number seven, which just like crazy. What did it open up against? Here it opened up against Spy Kids. (laughs) I mean, good movie. Sure. Oof. Along Came a Spider, that like oh, thriller. Mm-hmm. Bridget Jones Diary. Joe okay. Dirt. Oh. oh my God. Um, Blow. Which <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Johnny Depp uh-huh. cocaine yeah. movie. Uh, Kingdom Come, which I have never, never fucking heard of. heard of. Maybe it's some religious thing. And then Josie and the Pussy Cat. Uh, uh, not great, sorry, guys. What's not after great. it? Pokemon 3, the movie. The movie. <laughs> wow, what a weird. That is a um, weird weekend. And Crashing yeah. Tiger, Hidden Dragon is hanging around. Traffic is still hanging these around. These are just, yeah, these are Oscar yeah, movies all from the previous. Yeah. yeah. So, that what's interesting is that, like, I'm sure Universal, which released this domestically, and it was 20th Century Fox, I believe, overseas, mm-hmm. which is also kind of weird in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you got to imagine Universal's looking at that weekend and thinking, we're golden. What Spy do we Kids have anything to worry about? Open. Spy, or, or Spy Kids will do fine, but, like, it's aged younger than us. Right. Like, we're definitely going to do better than Joe Dirt. Yeah. Like, how did this How? movie? It's I, so crazy. I think to people me. underestimated. One was a rough time, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, two thousand one is a good year for movies. I think yes. there's a it's, yeah. there's but a lot of fucking bangers in culturally. there. Culturally, but culturally rough. Like, yeah. but also like the Spy Kids. Like, I don't think it's. Uh, like talked about enough how powerful Spy Kids was as a juggernaut. Like that movie yes. was not supposed to be as huge as it no. was, nor spawn the success that it no. did. It's unfucking believable yeah. how big that movie was. Um, yes. That is where Robert Rodriguez's money comes <laughs> yeah. from, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, Alita, yeah, he made how we get five Alitas. They were made for movie. like nothing. Yeah. He did them basically all himself. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. They, again, that is an entire franchise that man. I was too old for and never tapped into. So it was just never my my bag. I but. never, I never, I've never seen them. I've only seen the first two. Yeah. I did not see Spy Kids 3 Game Over. I think that, oh God. Isn't there one where there's some uh, Shark Girl and something? Shark Girl and Lava Girl. It, that's a different universe. Yes. Shark Boy and Lava oh. Girl. Shark Boy and Lava okay. Girl starring sorry. Taylor Lautner. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but same basic thing. But yeah. Oh God. Ugh, sorry to. I think we're too young for Spy Kids. I was too certainly young? not going to see Spy Kids. In I didn't see it in theater, but I had the VHS. Oh well. I it was just. It's a not. weird weekend. Is just yeah. what I'm yeah. kind of looking at and thinking like. 2001 in April like mm-hmm. we're not even into summer movie, movies yeah. yet opening in April would this so have like, played better if it opened in the summer I don't think this would have played well to anybody it's just like I, I really it, when do you okay obviously it should have if this movie opens today right now when do you release this movie what month I think you release it in April or May like quite honestly I don't know that it's a summer movie I think you want to release it when things are a little quiet I agree yeah. I, 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 this you could go like April or August yeah yeah even March maybe I, I mean, I'm not to be contrarian. I just maybe March. I guess you could probably get away with it earlier in the yeah. year. You don't you wouldn't o- put it. In, you probably wouldn't put it in the summer. Because you do it, not open this movie though September through December. No. It would get so no. lost. I also just don't know that you open it on that many screens. It's a lot of screens. It's a lot of screens for that movie. You like I, I think if you it. open, yeah, even if you open it on like twelve or fifteen hundred screens, like yeah. half, you know, take it, knock a thousand screens off of that, yeah. and sort of see how word of mouth goes. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, it's sad, sad state of fair for this movie's uh, release. But it's it does have it's considered a cult classic. It's absolutely a bunch of As it sort of be. like yeah. renewals. The tw- for the twenty year anniversary, they did some fun stuff. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was like something at the Alamo. Yeah, and they did some. Um, so I think that people now understand that this is a very good movie. As they should. Josie yeah. yeah. is a masterpiece. Have you ever yeah. join yeah. the mo- join the army? Yeah, well, I, I yeah, and I mean obviously Super Yaki did a whole, yes. a mm-hmm. whole line on Josie and the Pussycats, understandably so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's 
I don't know. It is one of those films that I feel like now it's kind of like a foregone conclusion that it's a great movie, which is yeah. kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um, when you think about how it was received mm-hmm. and how long it's been, like it's, it's a that's a tale. long time. Yeah. For people to now be getting on the Josie train, but yeah. you know, it's like Jennifer's body is eight years later, and that feels yeah. like a much. It's I think the difference between two thousand nine two thousand one is a lot in terms of yes. both like what America went through, yeah, yeah, we yeah. as a culture went through, and so I think for both to be having a reappraisal at the same time is sort of fascinating. But I do think it ties back into the gender and yeah, a subtle queer basically politics always. Both. Um, yeah. There's the... also something on the filmmaker side of things too. I mean, sure. unfortunately, um, Deborah and Harry don't <laughs> no go career. on to do really anything yeah. after this, mm-hmm. and and I don't think that that's i mean i don't know obviously i don't know them personally harry does follow me on twitter so hey, i mean hey. let's, let's go um but i i do think that it is sort of fascinating to me that even with this movie not being a success that you know there wasn't a a 10 million dollar comedy that they wanted to do right. or a something mm-hmm. like is this a movie jail situation i certainly hope not maybe they have something in 2004 something in 2008 and then well leap year in 2010 maid of honors yeah. i remember maid that of movie honor coming out. they wrote maid of honor they wrote maid of honor okay. they wrote leap year um, oh okay the amy adams joint yes which my roommate Loves. A lot of people love that movie. They, I've never seen it. I'll see it one day. They wrote Surviving Christmas from 2004, which I've never seen. Very um, Christina sequel. Applegate. But their 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 yeah. first credited screenwriting like screenplay is a very Brady sequel, which is awesome, which is amazing. Need to watch yeah. that. Which we will cover one day. Yeah, I I think that. <gasps> Did you know that Deborah Kaplan is married to Breckin Meyer? Sorry, I just learned this. That's amazing. That's so cute. Is oh there... no, wait. Then they divorced. <laughs> But they were married. I love that we went on that journey Whop. with you, though. They, they got married six months after the release of Josie okay. and Pussycats. Is that, like, I think that is that the is... ideal thing, right? Like, falling in love on a movie set? Well, Tara Reid, even though it didn't last, Tara Reid and Carson Daly met on this movie. Oh, they met on this movie. That's cute, yes. too. That's really cute. That's interesting. Yep. I mean, um, speaking of being prescient, Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney. Oh, I don't want to listen. Talk about carbon dating in episode. Yeah, seriously. Sorry. You just etched it in fucking stone. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that we <laughs> talked so much about Taylor and Joe on the Fablemans. And now they're no more. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's okay. Uh, so, Brooke, um, we I, I want to take it back. I don't know yes. that it actually was Deborah that did the swoop. In, but I, oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure uh, gotcha, someone gotcha. can, can, you know. Can, but yeah, it is just, I think that, so they were not a couple, Deborah and Harry. Correct. Uh, they met at NYU, I believe, or something along those lines. I believe it. Um, and uh, it is interesting that they have a fair amount. So there's this Mary Jane thing in 2016 that I think maybe Deborah did. Um, but yeah, they were a, a writing directing team. They only mm-hmm. did a couple things together, but they wrote together primarily. Um, it's just amazing to me that this was like just a, uh, that's it. I think sometimes I don't know. Uh, writing jail is writing jail is different than is directing different. jail. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So maybe this, I think this could have put them in director jail and so, kept them bummer, working man. as writers. Listen, it's a giant bummer. But like we said, I do think that this movie is on the up and up, yeah. which is good. And it's really like a Stone Cold masterpiece. For sure. Like this is a five-star movie yeah. in my opinion. 100%. So yeah, it looks yeah. as though, just to, to, to close the loop oh, on yes. this, but it does okay. look as though Deborah has gone on to sort of show run or 
create things on her own. So yeah, Eliza on demand in 2018 to 2021. And then this Mary plus Jane thing, which did 10 episodes. I don't know where these things are, but this is just to say like, it's not all over. (laughs) I don't know, guys. Listen, I hope that they're working and I hope that they're happy and they're they're cool. It's just the fucking They look like the people who would make a pop punk girl group. Yeah, and they look fucking dope. And I want them to be my friends. But anyway. Listen. You got you've got that Twitter follow. You know, just saying. They, they just uh, yeah. <laughs> that I don't could know. be I the just, beginning of everything. A beautiful <laughs> friendship. But yeah, I just it, it's it's such a a sign of the times more yeah. than anything that in two thousand and one you can make this movie. Which by the way, like I mean, yeah, they probably spent too much money on it, but it wasn't like a hundred and fifty million dollar right. John Carter or some shit. It like, just this was looks like, really good. Is yeah. the yeah. thing. Yeah, it's just like who cares? That'd be like today, I guess. A sixty million dollar budget, seventy million dollar budget. I yeah, mean, that would, which is rare. You, yeah, you don't get which those Which doesn't lot. really exist. Right. Yeah, the mid budget. Yeah. 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 Well, um, it'd be like The Northman. <laughs> Good well, movie. Well, hey, though. made all his money back on home video. Yeah, so somehow, maybe somehow. Josie and the Pussycats should that movie, on home video. I've seen that movie on every flight I've taken. Someone's watching the fucking Northman. Yeah. And my are you ass, serious? Oh yeah, my ass. Look, I had an overnight flight from LA back home mm. uh, for the holidays and I am it's hard for me to sleep on planes mm. and I couldn't fall asleep and so I, like I rolled my head to the side and in front of me the person was watching The Northman <laughs> and so my ass went like this and I watched the entire Northman movie with them no sound just locked in oh, just thinking great. just movie, thoughts. movie plays visually perfect great movie I Look, maybe I got to rewatch the Northman. I saw I it. Like the Northman a lot, I saw it in theaters. Not, I thought it was fine. It's I, not my favorite actor. It, 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 more than anything, I was just like, I can't believe they gave this guy eighty million dollars. Yeah. It doesn't look like eighty million dollars to me. Disagree. I, Those I, fight scenes. You think that volcano sequence at the end of Northman um, looks like it cost eighty million dollars? Please. But the other, like the the world, <laughs> the whatever. The one is good. The one. There's some the good. Sh- is I don't mean to shit on the Northman. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying that I think it's like. B B plus is where I land sure, on North. Sure. Whereas I mean the lighthouse is like an A. Sure. I think it's yeah, like lighthouse that I, I only bring witch. this up just you, to say you put the witch at the bottom. The I, fuck is wrong with you? I movie is so good. I love the witch. I just really like the Northman. I'm sorry. Clearly. But I, I bring this all up just to say that like that's the closest thing that I can think of that sure. exists in that weird little and it's not weird, but like the pocket now the of middle, the middle 60, sort of, yeah. 60 to a hundred million dollars. The mid budget you know. that doesn't well, I mean I think the other thing that we're not talking about, if this is a modern movie, it's not going to theaters, it's a stream there. Yes. Um uh, it's, you deserve better. It's a, it's there's no question that it's not right. a streamer. Yeah. It's a peacock. What would yeah. mm, this feel no, this feels like a like Netflix. a Hulu. So well, clearly we all think that it should be on different streamers. All right. <laughs> Enough about the streamers. The point is, yes. this is a good fucking movie. And how Watch is it, it doing on Letterboxd? Um, do you want to guess? I would guess? like to guess. Okay. So, so how does this work again? How do so you guess? On a scale of one guess, to five. Guess the, guess with what the average is. Yes, the like, average. What do you think okay. the So, is? Mia said that this is a grower. So, I'm going to say... It's called a high, a high riser. Sorry, a high riser. A grower. So, um, I'm going to... That they, was, actually, they actually highlighted the 50 films with the biggest upward trends in critical regard. Can we actually... I, can you... After I guess, I do want to know yes. the top, like, five. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to guess that because this is grow, uh, high rising, <laughs> it is 3.7. Okay. No, so, that's too high. Sorry. I'm going to go down 3.6. Would you care to put in a guess? You don't have to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say 3.8. 
Um, it is a 3.5. Wow. I was like, I know I was too high. Um, but I would just like to say that in this uh, article on mm. high risers, um, or growers as Jordan likes to say, by editor at large Dominic Corey, <laughs> the queer female experience. Yes. Wow. Including Jennifer's body, Debs, and the rest Ooh. of the films on the high risers list that speak to an LGBTQ plus audience do so mostly via a subtext that has been increasingly apparent over time. Let's and go. Most were also victims of the mentality that doesn't allow for films-aided young women to be taken seriously. See Spice World, Sugar and Spice, and the massively ahead of its time, Josie and the Pussycats. Hell yeah. Interesting. I mean, okay, so I've never seen Debs, so I can't speak to Debs. Sugar and Spice, good movie. Uh, A movie that kind of was slept on, definitely was slept on in its moment. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of others that I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like there's a fair amount of these that are kind of... For sure. That... Especially, I mean, with, you know, having worked in video stores as long as I did, there's lots of movies that, like, become video store darlings. Right. That you're just sort of like, what vein is this hitting? What, mm-hmm. what yeah. are people so excited about? You've mm-hmm. heard of a beauty school dropout, but have you heard of a video store darling? And there's, um, oh, wow. just just for, just to, clo- just to close the letterbox, <laughs> uh-huh. they do have a list of, like, the 50 biggest ratings rises in letterbox okay, yes. history. Can we yeah. get the top um, five, please? They've experienced the highest upward gradient in their average ratings, like, okay. not the highest, like, not the highest average, but like the mo- the biggest, right, the jump. biggest jump. The biggest what are we jump. looking at? Okay. Um, at number five, we have Hannah Montana in the movie. Good movie. Um, at number four, we have Mamma Mia. Perfect at number movie. three, we have Jennifer's Body. At number two, we have Bratz from 2007. And at That's insane. number one, we have Bones, this uh, the Ernest Dickerson movie from 2001, Wait, starring you know, my Snoop favorite Dog? girl, Catherine Isabel and Snoop Dogg. Yes. Wow. Interesting top five. Um, well, there's a lot of like under, you <laughs> right. know, no, undervalued yeah, under, black yeah, cinema. Yeah, yeah. Some other highlights, Debs. Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed I mean yeah good totally fair good Confessions movies. of a Teenage Drama Queen Aquamarine High School Musical 2 basically like Ooh, movies that people have nostalgia for Litterbox is showing its true colors Cheetah right Girls Shark Boy and Lava Girl Cinderella Story Josie and Pussycats like, is sitting Jesus at number 21 okay this um, list is so Twilight. clearly shows the demographic that uses Letterboxd yes. Yes. also shout out to Lemonade Mouth barely making this list at number 50 Mouth? Um, like, Lemonade Mouth is a Disney Channel original movie that's basically like the breakfast club of the breakfast club was in a pop band. Um, it's Bridget Mendler, Naomi Scott, Haley Kiyoko. Um, it's a pretty okay. excellent movie, quite frankly. And it has very good music. The music is awesome. Have is it Josie and the Pussycats level? No. It's better than like fucking Camp Rock. In terms like. of popularity, though, on our lists, yes. this movie is low, pretty low. It is number six. Uh, 15 on the bottom 16. Is it higher or lower than Down With Love? It's Down With Love is uh, 16, 17, and this is 15. So it's so bottom 15. Look, Down With Love is higher look. than it is. More people have seen, More people Down, have with seen Down With Love than Josie than and the Josie Pussycats. And the Pussy yes. That's all I wanted to know. There you go. Um, Brooke, where's this landing on the queer quadrant for you? One to five stars. How gay is this movie? Uh, I'm going to give it three right down the middle sure. kind okay. of i think that we've got a star for du jour um a star for josie and val uh-huh. and a star for alan cumming mm-hmm. and overall it's all just sort of swimming in what i think is very campy very mm-hmm. fun very over the top and girly pop vibes i'm I a like big it. fan i'm gonna go three five mm-hmm. just a half star i'm gonna give just specifically the point five i'm gonna give backdoor lover that <laughs> 
Like, I, I gave just, a star to Dijor. No, no, no. I think Dijor has a star. I think Backdoor Lover an on its half own star. is just a half star more. You know what I mean? Uh, um, but no, I agree. I think for all for all the reasons, I completely agree. Um, I just think this movie has a camp flair that I love so dearly. Like this movie, I don't know. We we talk about movies we like a lot, and this is I feel like one that is very Brooke and Jordan core. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's, it was so. so fun to revisit it, especially, you know, after I think at the first time you see it, you're not really quite sure what you're in for. And then the more subsequent times you watch, it just gets better and better because you're able to pick up on more. Yes. It hits harder. Yes. You know the song lyrics by heart at that point. So you're singing along, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it, it's such a, it's Three such a good movie. small words. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill, where is it landing for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, 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 came into this if i'm being completely honest mm-hmm. i watched this film through you know or what queer lens i have so <laughs> I, I, I tried to yeah, watch yeah, yeah. it through and and i i did find myself sort of i don't want to say struggling but sure. just curious as to see sort of where you guys came out and you certainly convinced me of this movie's queerness um in ways that i from my you know white straight male <laughs> perspective unfortunately didn't it's but a perspective that we value <laughs> i appreciate that, that. um so yeah i mean i would agree like i think i'm probably at a three five two like nice. i think that it's you know when we did moulin rouge which is the other film that i've been mm-hmm. on this this podcast for big tent that's a big that's that feels like a tent pole of queerness in yeah. a way that obviously this film isn't mm-hmm. um so i'm sort of using that as a metric with yeah, which yeah, to yeah. sort of be like um yeah which is maybe unfair because moulin rouge ah, is maybe, no, maybe one of the queerest films that's ever been made right if like so, if that is x then this is y yeah so yeah. i think this movie is just it's a lot more coded i think it's yeah. a lot probably smarter or more subtle and nuanced in the ways that it's sort of dealing with these things so but yeah do I mean, you not remember the movie phone voice saying this movie is gay <laughs> remember to give it five stars on letterbox everyone is bisexual <laughs> <laughs> don't you want to kiss boys girls and the theys that's the kind of civil investing that we need that's in, what we in need society. today that's what yeah. the like republican party thinks is happening they right really now. do yeah no yeah it's in the water and you watch it's this thing the you turn gay. it's everywhere ah! this movie will make you gay yeah it's turning the frogs gay i'm like my movie phone voice i'm realizing is morphing into clayface in harley i Quinn. also think it's giving a bit of the who's the snl guy uh where yeah he's, yeah it's like uh, in tonight's guest so, uh, roy something king or maybe right, I yeah we're, yeah it's Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. With guest host, Brooke Solomon. It's me? Oh, You're hosting. Me? You'd be I such, did it? You would be such a good SNL host. You Jesus, would be. Jesus, I need, you know, thanks. I don't know. I think you guys have more faith in my comedy chops than I have in my comedy chops. But I, I appreciate think it. I think you're funny. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, uh, hosting us now would be crazy. But when I, what I always said that like the show that I actually really mm. want to be on is a uh, lip sync battle. Mm. Sure. Because I know for well, a fact I would mean? body that shit. Um, definitely something by Kesha. Okay. We I think no, but like a rap. Like mm, oh, wow. I can I can definitely do a Kesha do rap. And then I mean the obvious answer is Taylor. Taylor Swift, but I'm wondering You wanna have a fun curveball. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering if there's a fun curveball. Or I'm wondering if there's just a fun Taylor Swift that's not like mm. a hit. Mm. Like See, I could see you yeah. so when I was I, I just recently did a an Anne Hathaway a yes. screen draft and her wrecking ball yeah. uh, is maybe it's one amazing. of the best yeah. lip sync battles it's ever been. Yes. Um yeah, I mean, I could see you doing Wrecking Ball. Like, I could see great. you Thanks. murdering that too. Yes, but yeah, it's she's just yeah. 
I really wanted great. that to be on the draft, quite frankly. But <laughs> her wrecking ball performance, so good. That yeah. and uh, the I think we talked about the Channing Tatum. Jenna sure, yeah. sure. One. I mean, that one like is battle, unbelievable. Is so iconic. There's um, just something about Anne giving her the finger from yes. the actual wrecking ball. Yes. It's just like it's, it's great. So good. Um. Anyway, uh, lip sync <sighs> battle on SNL, notwithstanding. Mm. Thank you so much for being here. A delight. Um, Absolute I'm so happy we got to talk about this movie. As am I. It's in been person. on the list forever. In person. And in yeah, person. we're in Indeed. person. Yeah. Good times. If people don't know you, I mean, what are <laughs> I they even doing? I think a lot of people don't know me, no, but I appreciate everyone, that. Everyone knows you, Phil. You're the biggest star in the world. Phil, let's go. <laughs> you are Follow him on Twitter. a punk rock prom queen. Oh, thanks. Um, what are you up to, to and where, where can people uh, find people you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at PMSGove. I do podcasts like it's 1992 with the aforementioned Emily St. James. Mm-hmm. Um, we are currently, we've, there's lots of episodes up. I don't know, Aladdin with S.D. Heim and all sorts of people that are, that are that are great. Um, we also, I do a Patreon podcast like Double Features where I bring on people to compare and contrast to movies, music, uh, sorry, music to albums, to songs, two episodes of television. You guys are coming back very soon, hopefully, to yes. talk about two television pilots, which yes, I'm very excited are. about. Yeah. Uh, that's Speaking of some pretty overtly uh, queer episodes of television. So yeah, that, that's where they can find us. And uh, please, uh, you know, follow us at, at podcast like it's amazing. You know, you want to follow them. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> We are not as much of punk rock prom Queens, but we that's not are, true. That's not true. but you absolutely are. Punk rock prom queens. Wait, the well, Parker Posey being like, um, like her whole diatribe <laughs> there so cool. at the end. Fiona's yeah. the coolest girl in the world. I was right. like, I feel that. Anyway, um, we're also on social media, mostly on Twitter. I'm at Brooke B. Solomon. Jordan H. Gus. And we're together at Queer Quadrant. And the same goes for Instagram and Letterboxd. You can bang, bang. find the podcast on Spotify, bang, bang. Apple, wherever else you get your podcast. Leave uh, us five stars. Or, yeah. And don't or buy, else. Or else. Uh, and, you know, buy some Spotify stock while you're mm, at it. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, buy some yeah, super right. oh, yacky yeah. stock Spotify. while you're What's, at it. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, drop us a rate, review, subscribe, and tweet at us and tell us what you think of this underrated masterpiece and what you want to see perfect us cover film. in the future. What bro- Whoa. What are Whoa. we covering in the future? Um, i cough on yeah. the movie phone there. Coming to you in two weeks mm. is kind of like the complete opposite end of the, the queer spectrum. It's yes. uh, Midnight Cowboy. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Indeed. And also... Ha. <laughs> the sa- what, that feeling when you Sad love the saddest yeehaw, yeehaw ever. My saddest yeehaw ever. When he's like, um, I'm yeeing because so I'm sad. gay. That movie is crazy. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, So tune in two weeks for that. Did and that one best picture kind of thing? I know. No. It's like, what, a, what, what were we Well, and what were we doing is the, we should bring it back. I know. It's, it's so crazy when people are like, the Oscars always play it safe. And you're like, they, mm, they do gave not. it to Midnight Cowboy, guys. Like, it's not a good movie. Yeah, it's a yeah. great film. And Brooke, do you have anything you would like to leave our <laughs> listeners with? Dijon means subscribe to the Queer Quadrant. Ooh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> great. 